0: Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to On Point. This episode is with Jared from Hunt League and we talk about the new app that he's just starting to come out with and uh, actually gets me pretty excited to start my own league and be able to compete with my friends and other content creators. And we're gonna try and put something together here very soon, so um, long episode, but there's a lot of details here. And then after we kind of get the idea of competing with uh, within my own league, um we start talking about that and it, there's an actually an opportunity for you guys to follow along so uh, be sure to listen to the whole episode in its entirety there's a lot of information here but there's some really cool stuff towards the end and uh as always guys i appreciate you for listening and be sure in the end if you're interested to go to hunt league and uh, follow i'm going to call it the content creators league and so when you go on there Um, hopefully by then we have it created and you can go and follow along with us and even compete with us so that's just getting a little ahead but just wanted to throw that out there and uh, as always guys appreciate you for listening i will see you in the end goodbye um, let's just start this thing with your elevator sales pitch. We, this is the second time we've done this now cause I fucked up. So, and, and if you want to cuss on the podcast, it's, it is not PG 13. It's explicit. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so my bad, I, I, am sorry, I messed up. So go ahead and tell us <laughs> again, uh, give us, give us your, uh, your bio real quick.
1: Okay. Uh, my name is Jared Newman, founder of the Hunt League mobile app, um, and i kind of got into hunting several years ago back in 2007 i moved to colorado in 2005 had a college buddy who had been who grew up hunting that kind of asked me to come on his first uh elk hunt i had no clue what i was doing i grew up in oklahoma fishing and that was really my passion i loved fly fishing and you might even see some fly fishing stuff in the app right now Um, but i uh I came out and I remember like going on my first couple elk hunts and all I wanted to do was bring my fly rod. Cause like, man, we're going to find all these little back back country, little lakes and places mm-hmm. that never get fished. And I was like, yeah, we'll hunt in the morning, hunt in the evening. And I can fish all day. After, after two years of that, my buddy kept like, why are you even bringing that stuff? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, all of a sudden the elk bug hit me and when it hit me, it hit me hard. Yeah. And, uh, You know, I think in 2015 is kind of the year where we kind of had our, our whole elk camp group and we had a really incredible year that year. And we came back and we're all like sharing the stories of it and talking about, well, who's the better hunter and who did what. And we kind of, at that dinner, we kind of kicked around the idea of like, man, we need something that tracks all these like stories and activities and stuff. So we actually have a way to like definitively compare with each other, like who had the best season, (laughs) what was, you know, what's the real story and all the things too, that you just forget during a hunt. Right. So, you know, that, that kind of stuff started happening. Like that conversation happened in 2015 and for about two years, I kept like that, conversation kept replaying in my mind and the ideas for what I would want and I kind of kept waiting I was like man, you know I I hope like Onyx or somebody's gonna like start allowing us to do this this or this and I kind of kept waiting for another app I tested a bunch of other hunting apps and journals and whatnot and nothing did exactly what I was looking for it to do and after sitting on it for about two years it was kind of like one of those deals like I'm just going to build it. Like, I don't know what Mm -hmm. that means. I don't know how to build an app. I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm in completely over my head, but I was like, I'm going to build what I want as a hunting app. And that's basically what, uh, what Hunt League is now. And I'm super excited about what it will become.
0: So do you have any, like, are you a programmer at all? Do you have any experience programming or creating any type of digital
1: platforms or anything like that? No, here's the scary part of it. It uh, <laughs> gets real scary fast. Uh, I've done most of the design work. Uh, I had a guy that was uh, a, a guy that I had worked with down, you know, about an hour south of me. He was a youth pastor uh, down in Pueblo, and I was doing like this ministry to like young kids. And I went down and did this like man time program down in Pueblo. And met this guy, and he did a little bit of like he designed a t shirt for us that summer. And I was like, man, could you help me like come up with some design stuff? And so he, this guy, Brandon, kind of helped make some initial design and created kind of the wireframes and what it could kind of look like and gave me the hex colors because I am colorblind. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I've, I have since learned Photoshop, built all the wireframes all that, but I don't have any programming background. Uh, I do a lot of analytics and numbers and stuff with like databases and spreadsheets. So I'm pretty good on that side, but I've actually never done any programming on the app from concept. I just started meeting with different uh, programmers and app developers and have kind of hired a team of app developers that have kind of helped me get to where I'm at now uh android was supposed to be out uh earlier this year mm-hmm. and we just kind of kept missing our marks with the developer i was working with and had some setbacks covid personal stuff right. moving a lot of different things were, were happening and uh and ultimately like just had to kind of recently make a change with what i'm doing with android so i'm kind of going back to the drawing board as far as like how i'm going to get that developed and I'm bummed because I lost a little bit of time and money. Yeah. If I knew, if I could go back to 2015, I would, I would teach myself how to program.
2: Right. Like, right. I, or the I, hashtag I have, learn to code. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have spent
1: so much time, so much money. So, and I, and I'll give these instructions and then I get stuff back and I'm like, no, it's not quite lining up with my vision of what, right. you know, and like, so there's so much back and forth. And I wish like, it's like, man, if I would have taken this on just internally, but I didn't, I didn't really know what I was getting into when I started it. The idea was much simpler when I started than what it is Mm. today, but what it is today, you know, it's just one of those things where like every night when you're sitting there in bed, you're dreaming about like, Oh my gosh, what if it did this? And what if it did this? Yeah. So, and I'm not really trying to recreate the wheel. Like, uh, I'm not really trying to recreate what's out there with other hunting apps. I'm not, you know, like. Some people kind of like want to do the comparison thing of like, oh, does it do this like this app or does it do this like this app? And I'm like, no, like if you want it to do that, just use that, use that app. Cause, uh, you know, I'm not really going to take on Onyx with their landowner boundaries and map layers and all that. It's like, no, no, do, do that in Onyx. way better than what I'm
0: doing. I'll tell you, man, I, you know, those, those kind of apps, like the I mean, they're almost like a stable anymore, like Onyx or Map, whatever you use. I use Onyx. All my friends use Onyx, therefore I use Onyx too. But um, yeah, I use
1: both. <laughs> do
0: you? And-
1: yeah, because I don't. I'm not Onyx Elite. I just use the Onyx subscription mm-hmm. for Colorado, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I don't necessarily know if it's good to say like your preferences of this or that in those two worlds. But then I do occasionally travel out of state to hunt. You know, like I started my year in Arizona this year. Uh, I'll mm. probably do some hunting in Oklahoma, maybe Missouri, uh, had some conversations about hunting Montana and base map, uh, because it just covers all of them. And I also like the idea. A lot of times I'll actually do a side-by-side comparison with things just to make sure like, uh, landowner boundaries, like a, just as my double check, you know, cause yeah. I don't want to get myself in a scenario where, Hey, this said it's public land and this one said it's the, you know. Because there's, there's a lot of state trust land in Colorado that you can't actually hunt, even though it's like government property. So you right. have to kind of, you know, do as much research as you can to figure out, Right. all right, is this is this legal, not legal, that kind of deal.
0: Well, I, I know that, you know, I've been using Onyx almost, you know, probably a year after it came out. I have a long time, a while. And yeah. uh, it just, I mean, really, I mean, there's not really a need for a new Onyx or a new base map. I mean, base map and Onyx are competing, obviously, but... They've done such a great job with their platforms. I really don't know if there's any, any really, maybe there is more space and I'm just not thinking outside the box, but yeah, I mean, I, if, if you come out with something original, um, I think there's definitely more because hunters don't have a lot of platforms out there, especially social media platforms. The only one I can think of is like, go wild. That's like actually like an outdoorsman platform, but yours isn't even competing with that one from what I understand. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm not much of a social media guy. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you, you can go to my Instagram and really the only reason why there's some content there is my wife will be like, you should do something on Instagram or you should, you know, like, mm-hmm. and every once in a while kind of feel good. Cause like, man, I posted three days in a row like that, but like, <laughs> right. it's not, it's not like, uh, it does not come easy, nor does it like, it's just not a natural fit for me. And so like, even things like go wild, um, like I, I did, I don't know if I posted or didn't post or whatever, but I, I have the app and would kind of get on there. Um, but it just wasn't what I was looking for. I know they talk about like logging activities and right. all these things, you know, all of them on X Maps, they all have the ability. You can drop a waypoint. You can track your miles. You can do different things in it. Um, but ultimately like what I felt like was the most important piece to this was like, I want to make sure we're capturing the story. And hmm. I want it to be the best digital hunting journal that it, like tool that I can have. So I there's things in it where you have text, video, audio notes, uh, you know things like that that are all tied to a waypoint that are tied to a time on it within a hunt. So you can see like it's seven fourteen a.m. This happened. It's seven forty three a.m. This happened, and you can do as much or as little detail as you want in the app. You know, and it's pretty intuitive in terms of uh, you know you when you start a hunt, you push the go button. Like, are you doing a scout? Are you doing a hunt? you select that select all right what what species are you going after right now you can select up to two species and i've never really thought more um but this year i have uh, elk deer and bear tag all in the same unit Mm. so i am going man i actually need three but then i always carry one arrow in my quiver that's a grouse arrow and (laughs) so i'm like shoot i need to double i need to double my species count going into the hunt so right That might be something you see in the near future where it's like, no, you need to be able to add more. I, I was always like, when are you ever going to need more than like two species Mm -hmm. when I was starting it? But I'm finding myself in that scenario. So the app does keep evolving as like some of those types of things come up. And I'm like, Oh no, this is actually practical and useful to be able to expand it in this direction. So, but then basically for each species, you have kind of intuitive like events that would occur. Like you have a sighting, you have sounds, you know, like, did you hear a bugle? Did you hear a mute? What did you hear the herd like talking? Did you hear a bull raking a tree like all of those types of things? You know, uh, you have you have something called like CDSB, which is stands for call, decoy, scent, or bait. Anything that you use to draw the animal in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, because a lot of guys are spot and stop. Where you spot an
2: animal,
1: you do everything you can to get downwind and silent and kind of approach it. But the cdsb there's a lot of guys too that like they don't even care about the spot in stock they want a fired up bull that's coming in hot you know charging them and right and so you can like what did you use to draw that animal in like uh you know call scent decoy bait and you can list the gear and you can have like in a call sequence you can say like all right who did the call like i bugled you know the bull bugled back i did a cow call the bull was silent the mm-hmm. bull disappeared. You know, and you, you can make a note of it too. And like, and, and I've had those hunts and you probably have too, where it's like, I said the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I had a bull fired up, then I did this and then it was just over. Like it, like something happened where I blew it. And so like, if somebody wants to kind of be that level of detailed, like you can, you can be that level of detailed, or you can just say, I called from here and something responded from here and you kind of log that and move on and fill in the details after the hunt or, you know, later or never, you know, and you just kind of have have it logged kind of the way that you would want it. So, so you
0: put it like a diary. So you're basically going through a hunt day and you can do it live time, real, real time. You can like, not that you'd want to pull out your phone when a bull's beagling at you, but you could find a wallow and like, oh, here, blah, 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 blah. And you could fill that out. Or like if you wanted to go back to camp, You could basically, I like the way that you put it, it's like a diary, you're writing in your diary, but this is like a video photo diary with writing too, that you can keep and then go back and revisit your memories kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like there's some stuff where like I had in 2019, I had, I ended up shooting this young kind of five by five that, uh he was i mean just screaming like not like the kind that you dream of Mm -hmm. like he had to it was a two-hour ordeal but in that two-hour time period he probably bugled close to 200 times like i mean it, it was just like non-stop like if i made a sound he screamed right away yeah if i didn't make a sound he was so anxious he was screaming trying to get me to respond and there were different points where I made a sound to try to get him to come in. And I think I had him coming in twice. And then at one time I totally screwed the thing up and he took off running and I gave it about 15 minutes and I kind of walked over a Ridge and I bugled again and he, and he fired right back up again. And like, I was mm-hmm. like, I thought that bull was gone. Um, but one of the things I kind of wish I would have done, like looking back, I think I, I could pull up that hunt log and I know at least in one spot, I pulled out my phone and got an audio recording of his bugle.
0: Oh, really? I mean, yeah. I do that already. I do that because I, I always try, like, I, when I'm filming, I have a million little clips from when I hunted last year of, of bulls. Like, there's a uh, you know, nice five-point crossing the road right in front of me. I, I was calling in another bull, and then he just crossed the road in front of me. And, like, I have video clips like that, and I always try and get him bugling because that's, like, the coolest part. So I'm already doing that, kind of like what you were yeah. doing.
1: Yeah, and I would say there's kind of two things. It's like one is, all right, if you're journaling and doing it in real time, like how much is it potentially taking you out of the experience? Because a lot, you know this as an outdoorsman, like a lot of the reason why we do what we do Mm -hmm. is to escape into the wild and it is to get away. You know, it's one of the few, I was just having a conversation with a guy yesterday at an archery range where he was like, man, I was listening, like we just finished at the archery range And this guy starts talking and he's he's saying, uh, you know, everything else in my life, like what's going on in work, I have to be forecasting like what's happening next, what, you know, the mistakes I made from yesterday, what I forgot, what I didn't do. And he's like, hunting is the one thing I have where I get to fully live in the moment you know, he's like, I don't have to be distracted by what's going on. What happened yesterday, I don't carry in the baggage of work, I don't carry in the baggage of, you know, financial stressors or all those things. He's like, hunting is that one thing where I get to fully live in the moment. And there's an element to me where I like, holy cow, like, let's preserve. I mean, that becomes like sacred space in our life. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, that's special. Um, And I do think it's like, like me and my wife, we just celebrated our twentieth anniversary, and mm-hmm. we were in Hawaii, and we watched these like Instagram girls come running out on the beach and like take photos and then jump back in the car and like go to the next beach. <laughs> and I was what? like, they didn't even like get wet. They didn't even enjoy one thing. They're in this gorgeous paradise of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. but we're so caught up in like what we're capturing for others that we failed to like even experience the moment. and you're you're faking all right. the moment. I'm like, I don't want Huntlink to become that. I don't want Huntlink to become like this prestigious show thing where everybody's on there trying to one up one one another or like show like, hey, my experiences are so much better. It's like just stop. Like I may you may find an account deleted from time to time because I'm just like, nah, I'm just I don't even want this garbage on <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, but it's like I that's not really what I'm after. And so like losing sight of like living in the moment. So I don't want the app to be something that takes you out of it. Right, but well, it's good. Preserving the moment is a different thing because there's so many things that are like the Elk Woods are so sacred. Like it's such a and and I shouldn't say just elk because like like I took my son on a pig hunt in Oklahoma in March and it was incredible and like the experience that me it was his tenth birthday the experience that we got to have was absolutely spectacular and I and I have footage from that that I've logged and I have this like story captured. And it's like, that's something now that I have the timeline of when it all happened. I have video of right before he took the shot, us walking up on the pig, like, Mm -hmm. and it's in, and it's like something that's like, oh my gosh, like I actually have this moment and the timeline kind of preserved in a way that like, I'm so grateful for that. So there's a value in what we experience in the wild that it's like, no, these memories, like they're so special. It's kind of like, it's worth documenting, it's worth preserving, and it's worth passing on. I mean, you go back to like the ancient paint caving, or like cave paintings, and it's like the the the, the most kind of of those like ancient painting stuff that we see has to do with wildlife, Shooting. has to do with these yeah. hunting experiences. <laughs> right. It has to do, and like the artifacts that we find are arrowheads, and you know, it's like these were tools made from bones, and all of that stuff is built into the imprint of human history. And the reason why they did those paintings was they were telling those stories to their children, to the tribe. I mean, it was it was a rite of passage. It was an element of like, you know, survival. And like what this is, is it's like, this is a new take on something that has been around since the beginning of mankind. Like mm-hmm. we're just, you're, we're capturing a story in a way that you can actually preserve it and pass it down help feed it to the next generation, educate people on what the actual experience is like. Cause like I have, like, uh, I was showing a buddy who doesn't hunt recently. Um, some of my, I was just, he was asking me what I was working on. I started showing him some of the app I'm, I'm circling through, uh, does this, it does this, it does this glazed over. And then we (laughs) jumped into a couple hunt logs Uh and he was like, Oh my gosh, wait a second. And he started going through like the day of what, what actually happened in the day. And you saw this and he started asking me all the, like when he got into the hunt logs, he was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Really? And he, we actually left there. We left there. He came to my house. I have a handful of bows. Like you might be like me where you. <laughs> I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got a little bit of an addiction. Uh, so we went into my garage and we kind of, I was like, here, you've never shot a bow. I've got this one. It's probably set up at like 40, 45 pounds or something because it's hard just to jump it into like a 70-pound bow. It's right. never drawn one back. Right. But we get him out there and he starts shooting. And then he was totally into it. And I, I was like, here, just take the bow, take this target. And I sent him home. And he's been sending me photos from him shooting off his back deck <laughs> out at like 50 yards where he's actually getting a group now. Huh. And, he's, and he's like, he's pumped. He's like, I don't know if I'll ever hunt. But like it all started because we were like sharing a story
2: right well that's what Um, it's
1: about
0: though i mean if if you can introduce somebody like with a soft introduction that way and then you let them discover hunting in the outdoor and discover archery kind of on their own i mean that to really i mean i don't know if anybody can actually claim ever getting somebody into hunting or archery hunting will do that on its own archery will do that on Mm -hmm. its own and and you can introduce them to it, but I mean, the actual act of hunting and and, and and interacting with the animals or even just shooting the bow, that's what gets somebody, that's that's what hooks them in. I mean, I, I've tried a million times to get my wife out in the woods just to hear a bugle or like if I have a bear that's super predictable, like I'll like convince her to get in the truck with me and I'm like, you have to come see this bear. <laughs> like he, I call him digger. He's in the same spot. He's always digging the same like area of this like bee's nest something yeah. and you can see him just getting stung, and he does. It's just, and he's, he'll only be like 150 yards away, and so, you know, she doesn't really give a shit. She'll she'll look at it for like 20 seconds, and then be back on her phone. But, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, cool bear. I mean, it's yeah, it's like oh sweet. You know, I'm like, you know how many people have never seen a wild bear or hear, heard a uh, an elk bugle? I don't know. Ninety nine percent of people will never go out and see a sunrise and an elk bugle at the same time. I mean. 90. I, I yeah, bet yeah, yeah, yeah. we take that for granted, but I mean, you introduced a guy into archery and you showed him, here's what my day looked like when I was hunting. It's not just going out there and shooting an innocent animal. Like I was working my ass off that day yeah. and maybe I this didn't kill one or maybe 18. I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, to me, that's, that's an essence of what we should be doing. You're basically be just being a good ambassador, you know, at that, at that point. Yeah. But um, if, if the, if the app is what triggered that, That to me, that's a success.
1: Absolutely. And I, and that's what I'm, you know, I'm so excited on the front of like that, you know, we talk about like hunter recruitment and hunter recruitment can actually like be a sore spot too, because there's a lot of people like the state of Colorado, I want to say this year had over 20% application of, of. I mean, it grew 20% in our application. Yeah, Oregon's
0: – Oregon's, um, all, all the states, I think, are up a minimum of like 5% that I've heard so far. Um, yeah. We had over 5,000 um, – or was it 15 – I forget the number. I had the number in my head the other day, but yeah, it was, it was over astronomical. I think we had a, a few thousand extra bear um, permit or uh, applications this year just alone for spring bear. I mean, it's just yeah. ridiculous.
1: But, it, it is kind of wild because – it's, there's like a competing narrative, you know, that I'm always hearing where it's like, man, nobody, like we, ha- we have this ma- massive problem in society where we've got, uh, you know, our hunter recruitment numbers mm-hmm. and the number of people, young people getting into the sport. And then I'm also looking at it going like, well, yeah, but if you just look at Colorado's history with like, in the last couple of years, I mean, they went from selling nine or 10,000 Turkey tags in the spring to 20 something thousand in a, in a matter of like a few years. And it's like, that's like absolutely astronomical growth, you know? Right. And it's getting like the place that I drew this year um, for five years in a row, I drew as a second choice up through 2018. And, and it was always like the backup unit. And then we applied for it two years ago and got rejected. As, you know, and I was like, wait, so you can't get it as a second choice. And then now, like half my friends didn't draw it this year and we all put it in as a first choice. Really?
0: Like, yeah. yeah, so it's
1: like, okay, now I need – now I'm working on my other backups, not my – you know, not this unit. Because this right. unit's fine. You know, it's funny. Like, we were even – I don't mean to rabbit trail or jump back. No, it's all good. But we were talking about, like, living in the moment, you know, and, like, making sure the app doesn't take you out. What's kind of funny is I look back at my logs in this unit last year. Uh, I see – you know, I saw more elk in 2020 uh, than I – in that season than I had seen in the previous 10 years combined. Really? Um, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it every day I was in elk. I had days, you know, like I would, like I, I had days where I saw well over a hundred elk in different groups, you know? And mm. I'm like, I've never ever experienced that during archery season. You know, a lot of times I'm having a single bull come in that's, mm-hmm. you know, your satellite. And so you kind of see him or, you know, you, you get a glimpse and here's, here's three or four cows and there's right. a little bull kind of hanging out near it or, you know, you know, you hear stories of, all right, there's 18 of them over here, but it was like, I was, you know, from one spot, I would be looking like, all right, there's elk there. There's elk there. There's Hmm. elk there. There's elk there. It was crazy. Um, And I have pictures of tons of elk, but all the pictures I have from last year are the cows and the small (laughs) bulls. Because every time I saw a big bull, the phone was away and the camera was in the bag, you right. know, it
0: was like, right. Game on. You know, Let's
1: like, I, I think I saw four bulls that were, you know, three ten or better. Um, biggest bull was probably mm. around three thirty, mm. And, uh, and so those were the one, and it's like, I don't have a picture of one of them. I, I have a picture of one from a, that was kind of running off into the trees, like a little video clip. And I do have that in one of my hunt logs. there was like a herd of them all running away. I had no chance to like hunt them. Mm-hmm. I came up over a rise the wind got me right away. And I was like, Oh, there they go. You know, and I grabbed my camera real fast and filmed them running into the trees. So there was no hunt opportunity there, but all the other times that I was like in proximity and within 40, 50, 70 yards kind of a deal, I have no pictures or videos. Why? Because I was, I was hunting, right? No, I wasn't, I wasn't caught up. So it's like, I wish I had that, but I still have the notes logged because I was able to go back and like, here was a sighting. Here was this is what I saw. But I just don't have some of the pictures because, you know, I am hunting first, right? And then kind of, kind of documenting and sharing the story kind of that it, that is secondary. And I think that it always should be that way. Like I, I feel sad. Like if somebody uses this app and finds themselves missing the opportunity of a lifetime on an animal because they had their head buried in their phone, it's like missing the point. Uh, yeah. yeah, like throw it, throw your phone in the lake, man. Like, right? <laughs> it's not worth it. Like, so I don't know. You know, I don't know I, if that helps sell the app at all. I mean, anybody,
0: if I mean if an app detracted from me like you said living in the moment or actually hunting, I I wouldn't be interested in it. Period. Like there's no reason if 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 posting for others like on Instagram or something. There's one year where I I probably 4 years ago and I was hunting with my buddy Mitch. So it might have been longer than that. Um uh, my uh one of my really good friends Mitch and uh, I think we're hunting over we were hunting over in Eastern Oregon and I just found myself taking photos of shit. I didn't really care about, but it made for a good mm-hmm. post. And I was like taking videos of stuff. I wouldn't have doing a bunch of things and altering my, my behaviors in order to cater to my Instagram and like products. And I just, I just, at that time I was trying to grow, but I, I didn't, I was doing it in a way that I didn't like. And I just felt, yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. I just, the whole time I felt gross. I'm like, and then, you know, my buddy's like, dude, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, but I don't like it. You know, like I just feel, I just, it just felt gross to me. And, and maybe I'm not one of those guys that can ever have a TV show because of that. But you know, I just, it, 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 number one, it was detracting from the hunt. He, it even, Mm -hmm. he even noticed it. It was detracting from his experience because, you know, we'd have a bugle and I'd be on my phone and he's like, what are you?" fucking doing dude let's go
1: yeah well that's that thing of being present you weren't present in the moment right you're thinking about the other this stuff or that, that yeah. yeah there
0: was there was other motives other than hunting and and I, and I got away from that right and so now when I post something it's because I'm literally excited to show somebody like I think one of my favorite posts last year from elk season was I got I was coming off the mountain and walking back to my truck and I was I think I was on bulls all evening that that evening. I was on a big oh, 300 man. inch bowl and there was bugling all over the place. It was one of the best evenings I had that year. Uh, and the moon was super giant and it was like just a freaking spotlight in the sky. And you could see it coming out from behind the mountains in, in the view. And I'm like, so I sat down got my binoculars and I just filmed it. And I'm like, that is so freaking sweet. Like it was the, one of the biggest moons I've ever seen. Right. And yeah, that yeah, was yeah. one of my favorite posts last year. And I was excited to actually share it you know like it had nothing to do with bulls or, or or hunting but that was just for me like i 20 minutes before daylight or dark i was just on a bull and then now i'm like watching the sun come up or the the moon come up i'm like that's some pretty cool stuff and i still look at that video every once in a while and, and sure you, know, you can hear the bugs in the background and and it's just i don't know it's just it's a really that's something that i will never forget that just that little moment there and and um so yeah i mean i'm i'm like for sure never going back to what I did that one hunting season a few years ago I just I'm just not interested in it and so hearing that hearing that your app isn't going to detract from my experience or my hunt makes me more interested in it you know
1: yeah and I, I think uh you know I think the way that it's set up is like it's really intuitive once you're in the field like I have it set up where you can start a hunt, and you can either log stuff from, like, you can see kind of a dashboard page where you've got sighting, sound, CDSB, sign, you know, a shot, success, you've got blood, you can kind of track your blood trail. And you can do that from, like, a screen that's not locked in on the map, but even if it's not locked in on the map and you're not looking at the map screen at all, when you click us, you know, here's sign and you here's an antler rub or here's whatever that you're marking – you, put, you save it. It's going to lock the GPS. It's going to lock everything in. So you have a timestamp, GPS, the notes, everything there. But then if you're a guy that like, man, you're looking at your map all the time, because some of us are conditioned like, all right, I'm going to look at map. I'm going to look at topography. Um, the app works lot. completely offline. Yeah. yeah I, I find myself doing that. And last year I kind of added that going in before I kind of had, you had the map page, which you had to go to. And then you had like the dashboard page where you could kind of log, you know, your events that would occur during a hunt. Well, you know, last year I was, I was actually sitting with a guy that was an air force Academy graduate, super like he's all about efficiency and like order and the least amount of steps. And he was like, when I start a hunt, I want to be on my map because that's where I want to live when I'm in the hunt. And I want to be able to log stuff directly from my map screen. And I want to be able to see where the waypoint is dropped so that I know when it happens in real time, that it's happening the way that I want it to. Like I right. want, that level of like control and precision. And, and I was like, man, that is brilliant. And went back, kind of drew up some stuff like here's how we can kind of integrate that. So now like when you start into a hunt, you just kind of swipe over to the right and you're instantly like in your maps, you can add all of your events and you can basically live in your map screen. Uh, you just have to, in that scenario, you just have to know what the icons are. And they're pretty intuitive. Like so, because it would you push something and it says like all right, kind of which event are you trying to enter? Right. It's not asking you that question, but it, it pulls up a list of icons. And this one represents a sighting. This one represents that CDSB. This one represents, you know, that call decoy sent bait. Uh, yeah. this one represents sign, that kind of deal. And so if you kind of have a good idea of what they what the events are, you'll know which one to click, it'll drop the waypoint. And it brings you, I felt like that was one like less step in the field where it's just like, I can stay active. Like I know where I am, you know, like Onyx big deal is like, you know, knowing where you're at.
2: Yeah, And and there's a lot of
1: hunters that like, I want to, I want to look at my map and I want to know where I'm at relative to the terrain around me. And so bringing that in last year, uh, was a huge step. And that was just a suggestion from a from a guy that was taking a look at it. And that's been a really fun part of the process too, is just listening to some of the stuff is like people spitball and like throw out ideas like, Oh man, but what if it did this or that? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then it's like, okay, sometimes because it's I'm a one man show and hiring different people and trying to like just move it in one direction. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it might take me three months or six months to kind of get an idea where it's actually integrated and live in the app. But it's like, man, I've got, You know, I've got this whole laundry list of things that I like can't wait to (laughs) introduce and bring in. It's just, it's fun because when this is your passion, it's like, you know, the only stuff that I'm like not really passionately pursuing where people are like, well, why don't you have the landowner boundaries? Why don't you have this or why don't you have that? And it's like, because I actually already have all that stuff on my phone. I just open Onyx, you know, I I have it on base map. Like, you know, even there's another one called like Outly that has landowner boundaries and it's a free one. And it's like, oh. just get that one, you know, it's like, just, you know, like there's a million of those that like, Hey, go, go grab it go do it. Like, uh, right. you know, I, it's, I, I, do think like weather is such an important piece. Uh, and I don't have weather integrated right now. And I get that a lot. And part of it is like, man, there's, there's like scout look is an awesome weather app. I use AccuWeather for a lot of what I'm doing. Like, it's really, you know, onyx has weather built into it um but what i can do is i'll just take like a screenshot of a weather thing and i can add the photo Hmm. of that weather thing into that but eventually like I'll there's an you connect to like basically an api which is just going to pull that data and because you have the hunt logged wherever you're kind of started your hunt from in the future we'll pull we'll pull weather into the app and then you'll have a whole list of like what the weather conditions were that day I just haven't integrated it right now cuz it costs monthly, you know, it costs money every month to integrate that. Oh. Huh. But once once I bring it in, it will be it'll be backwards compatible. So if you log something in 2019, it just shoots like here was the location where I was at, this is the day, and it'll pull the weather from the nearest like tower or station for what the weather was like. So some of those things people are like when are you going to integrate that? And it's like, well, right now I'm just kind of building and paying for all this stuff so like i'll eventually integrate that but there's workarounds right now that i don't right you know so well i guess i don't really care to address
0: so i mean when when i first heard about like you started talking to me about it originally i was worried that it was like oh who can kill the biggest animal you know i'm like well this is this mm-hmm. isn't something i'd be interested in because then it's just promoting hunting and and taking away from what it's really about but sure um It's. It doesn't sound like it's about that. It sounds like you can go out, and and you're tracking this. Is scouting on there too? Yeah. So you're you're taking is a big part of it. So you're taking and you're 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 gathering points, doing all the activities that go into finding success in the woods. It's not just killing the biggest animal you can find and ah, I killed a 400 inch bull. I'm going to win. You know, like that's not that's not what the app is about. And so, um, can you walk me through the the like competing and how you earn points and, and, and that aspect of the app.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, like we, let's, we can kind of pull back the curtain and say like, all right, what's, what's behind here. Um, you know, kind of, as I said in the intro, like there was a part of like the creation of the app was like us having stories and then a way for us, like who had the better season and which one of us is the better hunter. Um, that year, if I jump back to 2015, I called in a bull for the guy that asked me to originally go hunting that morning and the next night. And he had him within 20 yards, a nice six by six in the morning had a, had a, a good bull that he took a shot on and went right over his back oh. that evening. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, but I called the bull in both times the next morning we go out and I called in a bull and the guy takes a shot at like 12 yards and smokes a beautiful bull. Uh, and it was and so that was that was awesome later on that hunt there's two cows that are about 20 yards from me and they're behind a thing of sticks and i'm looking back and i'm like call call like, i need you to do something to get these i just need <laughs> them to move like one foot like i just need them to come from behind this tree mm-hmm. and they're locked right on me and i just need them to take a step this way or this way and i kept trying to get their attention i was like I- just help me like mm-hmm. help- i helped you guys a ton! Like." Help me a little bit, and I can and I can get a cow, and, I, and neither one of them could figure it out. And then finally, the cow's like walked off, and, and I like was like, "What the heck, you guys? Like, we got to be a team here." Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, that was part of the conversation of just like us mocking each other, laughing. Each other. well. You know, I brought in a bull twice for this guy. You, you know, you're supposed to be the better hunter of all of us and you miss your you missed the shot. Right. You know, and he blames it on his range finder, giving him a bad range. And I blame it on like, dude, you were so nervous because you had that nice six by six. And I was like, he was so much closer than you thought. And I guarantee you ranged right behind him on the hillside. Yeah. And you know, so we we laughed and, you know, and that's the that's the fun part about it though. Like we mock each other, we have fun, it's the camaraderie, but we wanted the competition kind of there was an element of competition and people like you just said this, like the 400 inch bull, you know, is it all about who kills the biggest thing? Is that really what we're celebrating here with the app? And it's like, no, like the app is about celebrating the stories of individual hunters. And you will know this as a hunter. It's like a trophy for one person is completely different in the eyes of other people. Like in years past, I've been, I, I've been thrilled taking a four corn buck, just because it's like, man, I was, out, I was out deer hunting, and this buck walked out, and I walked away, and I was successful, and I've never really cared about the antlers. That's never been like a thing for me. It was just like, I'm going on this hunt to be successful. Um, this year, the narrative is a little bit different, not because I feel pressure, like I've got to kill a big animal to show the world that I can kill a big animal, but it's like, no, I've, I've waited a few years. I've been in this unit one other time that I've hunted at archery and I scouted it. I had several good deer and there was one deer that I was chasing, you know, and kind of had a name. It was like Scarface. Cause he had this like mm. scar across his face. And, uh, I was like, that's the deer that I really wanted to get. And I had three different opportunities where I put a stock on him and, uh, and something went wrong, you know, like I I got to about 40 yards, was as close as I got. I stood up to take a shot and all I could see was antlers behind a sagebrush. And I just, I just had no shot, you know? Mm And, uh, I, I went in, I I had some rocks. I was, I took my boots off and I was trying to sneak over. Like there was a bunch of like loose rocks, gravel slipped, you know, they stood up, looked my way, you know, and I was like, gosh, this is so hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And ultimately I ended up shooting, there's a smaller buck right there on my screen that yeah you the four see point, in the podcast. By four. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little four by four. Um, but it's, it's not, it wasn't what I was after, but this time I'm going back into that unit. Uh, I took that one on the last day of the season mm. and it was just, it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to go home with something. And I still love it. It's on my wall. Like I'll celebrate it. Uh, but it wasn't what I was after. And this year it's like, no, I've never, ever pursued like a big buck and this year it's like that's what i want to do so i like when i have that four corn that walks by like this year will be the first year that i'm like just letting it pass because (laughs) you know it's just i i have a different kind of target in mind but when it comes to like the point system and what it really represents why it's there it's uh it really has more to do with kind of the effort and what you're putting into the hunt with everything with every activity that you start and with every event that you log you're kind of there's a point value system that isn't published because we keep kind of uh making little changes to it like no because as we're seeing it being used in the field we're starting to be able to recognize no this needs to be worth something different or a- after like You know, just watching how it's being used. You know, like we have different kind of point values for every method of take, for the different types of land that you're hunting. For a sighting is different than hearing a sound. All of these things are have a different value, Um, and really the point of it is not to see like who is who's the best hunter because it's like. How do you compare a hunt for Roosevelt elk in Oregon to a hunt in Colorado? How do you You compare (laughs) a unit that's a draw unit to a, to an over the counter? Or or a private
0: ranch, you know?
1: Yeah. How do you, how do you compare that? How do you do, you know, a deer hunt from Colorado to Texas where you can get multiple, you know, like, do I penalize the deer hunter in Colorado because he only shot one deer in a season or he didn't shoot a deer in a season? Where the guy in Texas who's sitting at a feeder, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to like disregard like a feeder, like it's it's legal in Texas, it's not legal in Oklahoma or in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but he's able to harvest six deer in a year off of right. off of his farm that he's been feeding these deer all year. And it's like, how do you create a point system? Is it like is is the is that guy who's been feeding the deer and he's been putting in work? Like, like I'm not taking anything away from that. He spent money all year long. <laughs> feeding those deer conditioning them to come to the feeder you know he timed it where he's not going to disrupt them and blow them out of the area he timed it he you know he did his homework and that's the style of hunt that he did and we're going to celebrate all the different styles of legal hunting um in the app but it's like that was his journey and i think his story is just as important as the guy who hasn't drawn a tag in three years draws a tag in colorado and then puts in the scouting and, and does the work but it's like how do you compare those stories and give a point system one to the other. Is it because this guy walked more miles or is it because this guy sat in a blind and waited longer? You know, it's, so from the beginning, I'm gonna say the point system will never be, uh, it'll never be an accurate, it'll, it'll just never be an accurate picture of like who's actually the best hunter. But what it does represent is who's putting in the work. The more scouts you log, the higher you're gonna rank. The more hunts you log, the higher you're gonna rank, period. The people that if you look at their the top couple people on our leaderboard, mm-hmm. they have logged the most hunts and they have logged the most scouts in our system. Not because they've been the most successful. They've just put in more work than others. And because every time you log something, it's adding points. Um, so if you're really concerned about like where your rank is and like how you finish a season, I'm like, don't let that. It's kind of the thing where – you were talking it's taking you out of the hunt you start thinking about something that you really shouldn't be thinking about um the point system is secondary the foundation of the app is this is the storytelling and capturing the story of the hunt out of that storytelling component you don't have to do anything else as a user to to already be ranking up and moving the point system because you have the ability to log your story we can add a point system to it. And it just adds the, to the value of because we have the foundation of the logs, we can add, you know, the community posts and, the, you know, kind of basically like your Instagram style posts or your go wild posts where you can have a little bit of like your story and people can look at other hunters and if they were successful or whatnot, because you have that foundation of the journal here next week, we're going to have a, a release that will allow you if you want to share your hunt log publicly on our community page you can share the details of your hunt where somebody could say you know all right garrett went on this elk hunt i want to see what his elk hunt looked like even if you didn't see an animal i want to know what you did on that elk hunt what you log and i could click on if you shared that openly on the community page you could click that and view it the biggest difference would be when when you're looking at your hunt log, it has GPS information and you can see where everything happened. When you share it with the community, there's no GPS or location data <laughs> well, <that's good. laughs> given on that. So just to make sure that we're we're all not thinking like, oh yeah, just share everything you do on the community right. page. Right, right. Yeah, you'd you know, me it, there too. expect people, like yeah, go ahead and see what happens when you take a picture of a 300-inch bull
0: and then yeah. post
1: it on there and then like, and go back the next day to try to kill it. Like, yeah. Holy mackerel! Yeah, you know,
0: so, I, I've made that mistake before during bear season. I posted a picture of a bear. I'm like, oh, most people won't know where this is at. And then the next evening, there's six trucks on the landing. I'm like, people figured yep. it out. People,
1: yep, figured
0: that. it out, man. Like I did that. That's stupid, you know.
1: Well, that, and that's one thing. Like even before you post on the, before you put a post onto our community page, mm-hmm. I have I have a few notes that just says, hey, this is, you know, like, here's a couple of our rules, you know, don't post location or GPS data, like in your post, even though we don't, we don't allow it to automatically, like, there's no location data on our community page, but don't write it into your post. Oh, okay. Like, like, that's a rule. Like, if you write it into your post, we're going to censor you, we're going to, it's like, and censor is a bad word. Like, if there's a report button on it, like so. If you did a post and and wrote your GPS, a user could look at that and push like a a sensor button, and it would report it. And if we saw no, that violates what we said, then it would it would go away. Right. My level of censorship versus Facebook's level of censorship is totally different. It's uh well, I mean, it's like it's I don't like, have like any a, algorithms for censorship. It's like a
0: hunter's non-written agreement censorship. Like you're not gonna go out and post a picture of. Of I'm sure as heck not of a 300 inch rosy over here and be like, well I I saw this in such and such um you know unit and yeah. then in this cut at 7:45 and then you know like even if I'm not hunting in that unit somebody else is and and that may yes. be somebody else's sweet exactly you know honey hole and and it's just a really slippery slope so hearing that you guys have protections for that is is definitely forward thinking and and you would lose a lot of guys there too because no one wants to. It's hard to find yeah. a good, especially on rosies. If you find a good rosy spot, it's most likely, unless something crazy happens, the elk are going to be there every year with a rosy. It's just sure their home ranges are small, and so yeah. um, good rosy spots are hard to hard to find. That not everybody in their mother knows about, and so when you find one, you're like, yeah. I I didn't see anything today, you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: but yeah, you might have to wait to post up to the community until page after, the after the season. The season yeah, exactly. Over, yeah. Which is totally, and that's an option because it's, it's a on and off button at the very, so the button for sharing it with the community is strategically placed at the very bottom of the hunt log, meaning you would have to scroll from your title to like my, the start of your hunt. Cause everything's listed chronologically down to your end hunt, down to your safe, like what, what gear you used in the hunt like you can put i use this rifle with this scope or i use this bow with this release with this stabilizer with this broadhead with this spined arrow you know you can get as detailed as you want on that but at the very 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 bottom is a share this hunt with the community and the reason why it's there is because it's like no i want you to review everything that you wrote like you got to scroll through the whole thing and then intentionally push that button to share it with the community. Cause mm. it's like, no, hopefully you've read what you did so that you don't like, cause I have this, like, uh, I'll post, uh, I I'll, I'll have some of the titles of my hunts. Like, I'll, cause at the end of it, you'll name the hunt and some, some hunts, you have something creative to name it. It'll auto name the hunt by the date and species you're hunting. If you didn't want to name it anything. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I will, I'll put the unit that I'm in plus day, you know? So it's like this unit, you know, unit 481, unit 444, you know, day one, you know, unit 110, day day three, you mm-hmm. know, that's kind of a lot of how I like will name. And so I'm going to have to go back in and rename some of my hunts <laughs> if I want to share those, right. you know, with people. So it's like, those things are the things to be mindful of, but it's at the very bottom. And you, if you share it and then decide like, you know what, I don't want everybody seeing this, like you can just as easily unclick that And the next time somebody logs through the community thing and tries to find, there's no, that your post might still be up there and you can delete the post if you want to, like you have control from start to finish of your data. And it's not just, we're talking on the grand side of community, like with what the app does, like you can show that to the public, you know, let's call that like the community page is kind of your public kind of facing page in, in the app. Like, Mm -hmm. so you can be seen, like I can go to your, I can see you posted something. I can click the little profile picture that you have, and it'll give me the option to either follow you or add you as a buddy. And those are totally different things. If I if I follow you, when you log a hunt and you post something in the community, it'll send me a notification like, hey, Garrett, Garrett just completed a hunt. So I can go in and look and see what you posted about the hunt. A buddy is a different deal. And in the app, because I, I told you, you know, part of the genesis of this whole thing, thing was us connecting as a group of hunters and it was like my group of elk hunters now we didn't want that all the information i still don't want that the information of what we do as a group of elk hunters to be public um so in the app i have there's buddies which means like it's a different level like these are the guys that you hunt with these are the guys that you're going to actually share maybe more information with, or if you're a super private guy and maybe you don't want to post your hunt log on the community page, you can share a hunt log with somebody privately, but you have to be buddies and a buddy means I have to send you a buddy request and you have to accept it. It's a, both people have to do that. Mm -hmm. I can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to add him as a buddy and now we're buddies and we can talk. It's like, it's a different level of relationship. It's not just like I'm following somebody on Facebook. So there's, a couple layers to it, but then once your buddy's with somebody, you can share a hunt log. By default, it will share that hunt log without GPS information, if because sometimes you're just wanting to share your story with that buddy. Right. And then there is a little toggle at the bottom that you can switch and say, "I want to share the GPS with Garrett," and then it'll hit you, and you can you can actually see all the waypoints on your map. You can you know, you have full access to the GPS, everything that I'm seeing, you see. Um, and what's, what gets kind of cool about that is you can also go in and create like an area or if there's a, if you have hung a couple tree stands up, you can name like a stand and share that with a group of buddies. You can only share that with buddies. You can never share an area or stand with the community at large. Cause again, there's no location information shared with the community at large. Um, so you can have a standard area. And if there's three or four of us all hunting in the same unit, and we've got, here's five or six areas that we've kind of outlined as places to go. Um, I can, if you have a data signal, you have to have a cell signal on, for this aspect of the app to work. Um, everything works offline for you to go and log a hunt, log a scout, it's completely ready for the back country. But if you want to like interact with other people I've got to send something from my phone to your phone. You've got to have a data signal. Um, but I could look at an area or stand and I can see, all right, when was the last time one of our group of guys, if you share that amongst your group, when was the last time somebody was in that area? When they were in there, did they see anything? Were they successful? And how did they rate it for that species? You can kind of see a quick like score thing that you can like cycle through and it, it'll show all the recent activity of people that have been in there recently, so you can go like, man, this is this. Is. And the other thing is, it shows some statistics, which is another part of like why I built the app. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to throw a dear friend under a bus—the guy that got me <laughs> into the app. I'm going to publicly say something that I have not so privately shared with him. But one of his, <laughs> one of the things that we've done, we we got a spot that he loves to hunt. Um, like like it's his basin. You know, like this is his basin. This is his honey hole. And we would always every year go together. But it's like he wasn't going to go to any other place on the mountain. He was going to go to this one honey hole now, which can be good. And it has produced elk before. But we've been in there where there's no elk. Right. And rather than, all right, I'm going to go to the other side of the ridge and there's elk over there. It's like, no, like they're gonna, they'll be in here. Like, I know they'll come. Like, if they're not in here now, they'll be in here tomorrow. And so he is so committed to that spot that we've gone through several years where somebody doesn't pull an elk out of there because it's like, but we, and we spent all of our time in there. And I, and I, while I'm dying going, like, I just wanna to go to the other side of the hill,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, but it's also, but it's like, but I also wanna, like, we're hunting together and I'll just come back another weekend and go hunt all these other spots. But ultimately like the a part of the why was hey i want to have some definitive proof about like what area we should hunt in and which ones are more like i have one spot that i've gone uh five times and every single time i've been in there i've seen elk like it's 100 hmm. percent on the sighting i i've never gone in this area and not seen elk now i've never killed an elk back there um but i've i've come close uh and last year we should have killed an elk out of there i had it was a day one and buddy was out of state and a cow was 20 yards from him and and I and i was like why didn't you shoot that you know i was like and he was like well there was a bull bugling right above it i wanted to i wanted to shoot the bull and i was like no like shoot the cow like just shoot the elk like but again that shows my philosophy i'm like right You know that that's who that's the kind of hunter i am i'm like just shoot shoot the cow like i would have gladly hauled that meat off and you know like we that would have been success and then we ended the year and he didn't fill his tag oh i'm like why didn't you shoot the cow you know yeah Uh, so anyway um but the part of that areas and stands is collecting that data especially amongst a group and then we can go in and see like and there's even times where and you might have experienced this i don't know how often you hunt with the same group of guys or anything like that but uh, sometimes it's like you send your buddies into a spot and they never see anything, but it's like, but every time you go there,
2: <laughs> right?
1: it's like, this is my honey hole. Like mm-hmm. it's when I'm here, like it happens, I can send my buddies in and they see nothing. And it's like, and so in that there's your statistics and then there's everybody else's statistics. So you can compare how you do in an area compared to how everybody else does and make a determination like, all right, what area do I actually want to be going to and spending the most energy? Which area have we not been in, you know, boogering things up? Like what's a fresh area that we could go to? So some of those things and that going back, like that comes down to like the whole buddies thing, following the the levels of community within a buddies, you can create a hunting party, which is a group of buddies. And so you could have your own list of, and if, if you've got a party, you can you can message in the app with that party. You can share hunt logs with that party. So you don't have to pick each individual name. So I want to share it with this person, this person, this person. But again, if you're sharing that level of information, like hunt logs with GPS, it's a tight circle. You know, hmm. you're not doing that. You're not doing that with hundred people. You know, I the way I envision buddies and parties working, it's like, no, that's like your inner, that's your inner core of guys that you want to spend time with well i guess
0: um and being able to see what the success and how often you see an animal in there would really honestly because there's a lot of spots i go bear hunting and it's like i'll go in there and i'll see a bear you know almost every time and then maybe this time of year um I'll, i'll just they just leave or i just quit seeing them you know and it'd be nice to go back and look and compare that year over year over year to see when should i quit hunting that unit because whatever they're feeding on or whatever's going on on say May fifteenth, they're moving on to something else, and so it'll help me be like maybe a more efficient hunter that way. And so, like I, I like I like being able to go back and and um and look when I put stuff in Onyx, I'm I'm making notes with it too, and, and I even color coordinate my tracks and stuff like that. So like a successful track or um we you know we whatever that's just the way I use Onyx, so I don't have to go back through a bunch of orange tracks or orange waypoints mm-hmm. like different mm-hmm. colors mean different things and stuff and so um like if we drew blood it turns into a red track you know like or something like that so i'm already doing stuff like that so it sounds like your app might be able to take me in like the more statistical side of well i saw an elk here 50 percent of the time and out of that 50 percent of the time 10 percent of the time i stuck one you know or something like that yeah so yeah that'd be it kinda, only that'd it actually only does
1: sightings cool. it only does sightings and success right now as far as like and the way it does a sighting would be like And the way the statistics work, it's pretty basic on that level, where if I go into an area and I see an elk and maybe it's only one bull, like I see one or one cow, it's one animal, then it's a one to one ratio where it's like, I went in, did you see anything? Did you log a sighting? Yes or no? If it's yes, that's 100%. You know, like you saw something. Now I could go into that same place and log 30 different sightings. Like I saw one here, I saw one there, I saw one there, but it's still the same hundred percent, you know? So maybe I go in one time and I see 30 and then I go in a second time and I see zero. It's not going to say, well, you've gone in twice and had 30, so you're still at a hundred percent because 50%. you have, yeah, it's 50% because it's just based on unn. did you see one? Unn. did you kill one? And those are, that's the marker regardless of how many you do now. The place that I said I have 100%, I've been in five times, I've seen 100% success. I've gone in five times, but of those five times, I've only had six individual sightings. So only on one of those hunts did I see two different groups of elk. Oh. All the other ones was like, sometimes it was just a single bull, but it's like, I still saw a bull, like right. I still saw an elk. Um, And so it's, I the volume of like how many elk I'm seeing isn't like, I've seen herds in there, but I log that as one sighting. There's another spot that I have like an 86% success, uh, of seeing elk It's only one day of, I don't know, nine or 10 or 11 days or whatever that I haven't seen elk in that spot. And, but in those 11 days, I've logged like 26 or 30 kind of sightings. Cause it's like, when I'm there, it's like, I'm seeing multiple every day that I'm in there. Um, and so I'm going to be more prone to go back to that because it's like, I have more opportunities and more options to go to hunt multiple. If I blow up one thing, the hunt's not over. I can go to the next hill. Cause I know that there's just, there's elk hanging out in pockets mm. all over here. Um, so sometimes, you know, you have those other pieces of like data that you can put in. Like if the other side of that, like an area doesn't have to be this backcountry basin. An area could be, your dad's farm kind of a deal. You know, like it can be, you can you can draw it on the map, you kind of draw the boundaries of it, and you can share it with somebody and you can put your notes in there. Like if like let's say, let's say it's my dad's farm, and I say, Yeah, Garrett, you can come hunt it, but I can put notes in there as far as like, hey, if you're gonna come hunt this, you need to call call me first. Does it require like the person's permission? Do you need to ask permission before you go in? You can put like, all right, who do you want to call? What do you need to do? Remember to here's the gate code to go into this section or whatever you need to do. You can make those notes and share that with a buddy. So like people that do like a land lease and they have maybe multiple partners that are in a land lease. Mm -hmm. It's like every land lease owner should be using this app and they should, anybody that's leasing it should be participating. That way they know how many guys are in there when the last time a certain stand was being used. You know it can clear up so much of that community they can they can post a picture like these this was the animal that we saw on that day because a lot of times in those land lease where you're hunting a smaller property they've already named a lot of the deer they've right. got trail cameras you know like they know like this deer belongs to so-and-so so i'm not going to shoot them but did anybody see so-and-so on that hunt so in a stand or an area kind of a thing you can log all of those types of things you know i think about that with like outfitters that lease different properties mark every single property that you lease and then you know do you want to renew that lease versus just looking for the most acreage it's like yeah we we go back to this place we keep leasing this land but we actually don't see very many animals and we're not as successful as some of these other pockets that we hunt right and they, you know an outfitter can have multiple guides all tied in they don't have to have their clients they don't have to have any other public people tied into that they can have all of those things tied in and then be able to see collected data to make better decisions on what land, you know, they want to continue to hunt, pursue, where they want to send their guides, what land that they've been maybe putting a little too much pressure on recently. And they want to kind of make some shifts like, Hey, this, this is, this has been productive for us in the past, but we haven't spent much time either scouting it or hunting it this year. So let's send, you know, let's send a crew back there, that kind of thing. So that's cool. There's a lot of different uses when you, when it starts coming down to that level of like buddies parties, parties, sharing areas, stands, being able to see recent activity, all those things that I think are going to be, you know, critical for people.
0: Well, I, uh, I it sounds like there's a lot more ap- like practical use just outside of just competing and stuff. And, and the more you talk about it more, I, I can see the potential of it, but I want to kind of get into the competing and the league kind of thing. Um, so yeah. y- you have a league and um, so I guess run me through, um, a, a a league or a season or, or whatever. Well, how does that look like? So you have like all the members competing and then you have, um, a winner or top five or how, how do you guys even choose a winner?
1: Sure. So let's, let's kind of interesting. The name was called hunt league, uh, from the start. And, uh, technically it's been in the app store since 2018, but like right now like this conversation is starting to like open the door for like i'm in the process of now starting to tell people like hey this app exists like Mm -hmm. download it if you'll love it hunting it's it's awesome you know you can import export all your data whatever but the leagues part we never even had a league in the app even though it was called hunt league so people that downloaded hunt League, it's like it's called hunt league but there's not even there's no competition there's nothing in here that actually <laughs> uh, looks like a league okay. until until just like april of this year huh. um is actually when leagues the actual functionality of leagues went live it's been so you can see like all right that's been a part of the dream from the beginning but it was no it was just a stepping you know it's like we're building the foundation we're building you got to be able to log a hunt the you know the way that you want it before you can move to that the foundation had to be built and had to be secure before we kind of started adding these other pieces and components before you could start sharing hunt logs. We had to make sure the foundation was good. So we kind of built each piece kind of sequentially. We just released leagues, but we did a little bit of a beta test last year with the idea of leagues. And, and honestly, I really was like kicking myself for this because it was one of those things where I posted something on Instagram, like, all right, i'm going to you know we're going to do an outdoorsman of the year in the huntley gap and i'm going to do uh at least i'm going to guarantee at least a 1500 dollars custom prize package and a 1500 dollars just meant like in custom means i'm just buying somebody some prizes uh mm-hmm. i didn't have any sponsors didn't have any and i was like maybe i could pursue sponsors or maybe i could do some of that but the reason why i didn't want to pursue a sponsor with that prize package was because it's like it's open to everybody from every state hunting all different types of species. So how, how do you know what somebody needs? Like I could go, you know, like, Hey, like last year I bought a couple different, I bought a mystery ranch backpack and I bought a, uh, initial ascent backpack. And, um, you know, I have a back. I have too many packs, <laughs> like too many bows, all that stuff. So, but it's like, I could say, all right, the prize is going to be this initial ascent backpack. People are going to love this thing. Um, but if you draw that tag and you hunt, you know, like a, one of the guys that was a finalist, he he duck hunts primarily, and he duck hunts his own land where he just has to walk 300 yards from his yeah. house to sit next to a pond. <laughs> and it's like, great, you got me this like $700 backcountry backpack that's ready to haul out an elk
2: that I don't. And need. like,
1: <laughs> yeah, like I just grab my decoy bag and walk it out. And yeah. Like, initial ascent might say, yeah, we've got a decoy bag that we sell that you can attach to that frame, but it's like. Yeah, he just uses a $5 mesh bag. He doesn't need a $700 decoy bag to hunt, right. to take his decoys out to the lake. So it's like the needs of every hunter are so different. And what $1,500 could get somebody? It's like, man, somebody could be dreaming of that shotgun that they wanted. Or, you know, it's like, what's the thing that like your wife's not going to say yes to, but, you know, or your husband's not going to say yes to. But, right. like, I really want to buy that, you know like Q, you just released their, they re-released their sleeping bags again or they're back in stock. And I saw that today and it's like, that's one of those, like it's 800 bucks, but I've never been willing to like spend the money to buy it. But it's like, if I won something like that, it would be like right at the top of my list. It's like, I would love to have that $800 bag that I would never buy for myself, that kind of thing. So that yeah. was the custom price. Back. Man,
0: that's almost as bad as a Yeti cooler.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I mean, the, the I $800 sleeping bag, Jesus Christ. You must have everything else in life before you buy that. You you better have a Bugatti Veyron before you buy an $800 sleeping bag. I mean, I, I hope you're not sponsored by them or anything, but $800 sleeping bag. There's a company out there, you got me on a rabbit hole, there's a company out there that charges like $300 per head per broadhead oh per broadhead. yeah there's like 1200 hundred yeah. dollar batches of arrows it's like what the hell are you guys doing yeah so I just, and
1: how how much more accurate is it actually going to shoot zero <laughs> I mean, how much warmer is this bag going to keep me yeah than this bag? You know, yeah like, I, you know
0: you could pay me six hundred dollars to be cold and i would do it <laughs> so,
1: yeah <laughs> no uh, and that the bag, I I think the sleeping bag is sensitive because I have used the same bag since I moved to Colorado. It's a 15 degree Eureka, and I don't even know if Eureka makes sleeping bags these days. You know, but it's like this 15 degree. It's starting to get holes in it, uh-huh. and every year I think about like buying a new sleeping bag, and I kind of had my eye on the Stone Glacier one. Uh, they've got one that's I think is pretty comparable, but it's like 600 bucks instead of 800, which is still like beyond the, what I want to spend. I'm like. Can I, exactly what you said, like, can I get another year out of the <laughs> the bag that was $80 new 15 right. years ago that is so poorly insulated now, but it's like, yeah, I sleep through the night. I, yeah. I still get it. It still Man. works enough, um, but uh, the, back to the leagues, $1,500 prize pack. I posted something on Instagram, and then I forgot like, to ever like, talk <laughs> about it again, and so like uh. it, get, it came to the end of the year, and I was like, well, crap, I said I was going to do that. Um, so I'm going to do it. Uh, and from there, I kind of like, all right, so how do you pick like an outdoors in the year? And it wasn't a league at this time. This was just like, we did have a leaderboard, but there was nothing that people signed up for. And so I created like a criteria and I was like, all right, I'm looking for people that have logged at least this many activities throughout the year. And so there were a handful of people that logged, you know, over 10 days in the field. Okay, Um, one, the duck hunter guy in Oklahoma logged over 50 days last year of hunting, you know, and uh, and he had a great year. He killed a pronghorn, he killed tons of ducks and geese, killed a coyote, killed a pig, uh, was out of Colorado, lives about an hour north of me. And he he killed an elk with a muzzleloader, a deer with a bow, you know, coyotes, pigs, quail, pheasant, you kind of went through it. And it's like, at the end of the year, like he killed multiple species with over five different methods of take from crossbow to shotgun to rifle, like, super versatile mm-hmm. then you had another guy in oregon who was able to kind of his first elk kill with, with a bow was two years ago then last year he he repeated it was a smaller bowl he killed like a I don't know if it was a spike or like a smaller bowl
2: mm-hmm. so he
1: wasn't like he wanted to repeat and get another big six by six but he didn't do that and mm. uh so it was an oregon guy where right you're from and uh and he, but he also killed a bear with a bow which what's is his not, name uh wolfgang troxel
0: wolfgang troxel shout uh, out to him
1: yeah wolfgang and he's the man <laughs> like rogue uh hunt the rogue is uh his instagram so hunt the, rogue. Hunt the Rogue. So he's a
0: southern oregon guy probably then huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, probably because the rogue is like a area isn't
0: it it's yeah they got rogue river um yeah down it's like an hour and a half south, south of me hour something
1: so for me that didn't mean anything, but now that you said like, oh yeah, he's a it's like, oh yeah, I just gave away all his hunting spots. So yeah, right, he killed him. If you want to kill a big bull, <laughs> <Yeah>. Medford, <laughs> Oregon. go to the rogue. <laughs> <laughs> so hunt the rogue, Wolfgang Troxel. That's a cool, name. and and uh, you know, he was using the app and logging his hunts and logging scouts, and there were there were a couple brothers up in Wisconsin or Minnesota, and there, you know, there's a handful of people. And so I had a I had a couple people give me input and say, all right search this name look at the hunt logs that they posted and it was it was totally subjective but these were the guys i kind of took a first glimpse like all right anybody that scored in the top 15 on our leaderboard for the year let's just take a look at their profiles look at their community posts and see like how engaged they were what they were doing and what kind of species they were hunting and and all that so we kind of narrowed it down from like top 15 where it's like, all right, now let's pick three of these guys that kind of stand out to you. And they all finished pretty close to the top. I, they may have been in the top five. Those three were like top five on our leaderboard. So we, we narrowed it down to those. Then we had, we, we had three judges from different States. Cause I didn't want to be like, Hey, I'm going to get all the judges they are going to be my friends from Colorado. And we all have this bent towards elk. You know, it's like, that's not going to work. Um, so got a guy that, uh, got a guy that, was from texas got a guy that was from colorado but he loves hunting whitetail and he he will probably move to texas eventually he grew up he spends a lot of time hunting whitetail in kansas has killed some really great beautiful you know 180 whitetails. and yeah um but he hunts in alaska he killed a a mountain a mountain goat he's you know i think i think he's trying to figure out the whole canada thing this year because the covid and borders and Get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. But I think he's trying to do a moose hunt up there. Yeah, um, you're gonna so have so to. So he, he hunts. Yeah. yeah. So he he hunts all over. Um, so he's pretty versatile. And then uh, and then I had a guy out of Utah, uh, Spike Bull Outdoors, uh, Keith Naylor. Those those were kind of my judges. And we ended up having them all do a live event where we we were kind of streaming it, and one at a time, we'd have like the judges panel down low, the candidate kind of up top one candidate at a time we would have logged in and like they're just asking questions. And so we put up a clock, you got 20 minutes. We had the candidate fill out a questionnaire, Hmm. you know, about different things that, you know, so they had submitted stuff that the judges all got to read. And then the judges had questions based on the hunt logs that they saw, based on the post, based on the questionnaire. And they kind of dove into those different things. And then we kind of ended the night without saying a winner because we wanted everybody, the judges to kind of have conversations, talk about it. Uh, and then I said, all right, by tomorrow morning, you know, I want everybody's list. Like, what?" And so we kind of, so it has a human component. So you can't just cheat the system um you know and just like man i killed all this, this and, and it's all fake yeah. or there's no pictures there's no logs it wasn't done sequentially it's like you can't just go one day at the yeah. end of the year i like, found i, I found
0: 1500 piles of shit and i'm gonna get a point for each <laughs> one of them
1: that's right? gonna put me ahead yeah yeah that's gonna put me way ahead yeah, of the i'm guys. not that's hunting anymore i'm just looking stuff. for deer
0: turds <laughs>
1: <laughs> well yeah what do you hunt mostly turds yeah uh, <laughs> whatever gets know. me the points yeah, any kind yeah. turkey turds, <laughs> squirrel turds, rabbit. oh yeah. Um, so, because that's you know, a that, point, isn't it?
0: Sign like deer sign or elk signs a any, point.
1: In, any sign, like, so when you're in a hunt, anything that you log, you log a waypoint, log stuff, so, and and we, you know, we could kind of go into the details of like, all right, let's look behind the curtain. There is a limit within a hunt. There's a limit within a day. There's a limit within a season for the way that all the points work. So, um, and and there's caps on each type of event. So, uh, and there's multipliers that are used like based on all these other factors that get applied. So if you like, this is giving away some part of the formula, but it's like, if, if you were to kill a deer with a rifle versus killing a deer with a bow versus killing a deer with a crossbow versus killing it with a traditional bow, Mm -hmm. uh, those all have a slightly different point value, plus or minus, you know, 1%, 2%, 3%. So like if you, if everybody logs one event on the same day and they all killed the deer, but they all killed it with a different method of take, there would be a little bit of a ranking order. Um, and that's just because of the multiplier. Yeah. Well, you so know,
0: I, I agree it, with that, but that's, that is a slippery slope. <laughs> it's totally.
1: And, and that's why I say, but I do agree the with it. System, the yeah. point system from the beginning is totally flawed like there's no way to perfect it. There's no sense. way for me to say, well, because you did this, yeah. you deserve that. Cuz you
0: shot that animal at 1000 yards, you're going to earn more points than a guy who shot it at 10 yards with a trad or or vice versa, you know, like totally impossible task, impossible.
1: Yeah, how do you how do you score it? Yeah. And I mean, I give more is...
0: points to the trad guy, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but I think I think you look at it and and you also go uh you know the regulations from state to state are so different like how do you right. how do you account for we don't have that? crossbows
0: here in oregon we don't allow them
1: and in, in colorado you can use a crossbow during rifle season but you can't do it during both seasons so mm. you can hunt with a crossbow but it's treated as a rifle interesting um you know so those types of things that's all like so how do you score that and then the other thing would be uh yeah, I don't know, man. Like the point system, like if I showed you the equation that we have for the point system, it is literally like line after line after line after line of this massive, massive equation of if if this then this if this then this do that. You know, and it's, so I it's guess the way to
0: describe it crazy. is that the points get you to the dance, and then it's a human yes. decided uh, winner. Like so, yes. I mean, the best way I could describe it is is man whose season would I have wanted to have the most? I guess that's how I would decide a winner It's like, man, if I could pick one of these guys a season, I want the guy that killed the antelope, you know, the deer, the elk, the bear, and did it with this or that. That's, that's kind of how I would decide winners. Like, man, I'd be most happy with that guy's season. But if I killed 60 ducks and my, my, my season, by the way, hinges on whether I kill an elk or not. So I could kill a 180 yeah. inch buck, but if I didn't kill a bull, I, I'm going to stew on the fact that I didn't kill a bull, you know, like,
1: yeah. Well, here's, here's another important piece to that, though, like as we're, we're talking about just point system and, you know, I think part of the initial conversation was does the guy that shoots a 400-inch bull win? Um, there is no differentiation in the app between uh, a, a bull that's a, that's a barely legal raghorn 4x4 mm-hmm. or, you know, a spike to the 400-inch. There's no differentiation in the point system based on the size of of the animal there is a differentiation based on the the sex of the animal and the re and and only in certain species and part of the reason why is a is a biological thing where uh like a lot of our ratios because we hunt even if the birth rate is 50 50 cows to bulls because we hunt and because they allow you to kill bulls and not cows during certain seasons and things like that we have ratios in our state where you know, it might be 25 bulls to hundred cows, um, or 10 bulls per hundred. There's always kind of that, that male versus female kind of in the reports. Mm-hmm. And the reality is there's a lot less male buck. There's a lot less bucks than there are does. There's a lot less bulls than there are cows. Um, so there is a little bit of a point advantage of harvesting a bull or a buck over a cow or a doe. And it, it and it's it's not meant to be like, we're, we're punishing the person that shoots a cow or we're doing this or that. Um, and I don't really want the point system to be something that is that people start meditating on or thinking like, how do I rig this point system to fall in my favor? It's like, no, the foundation of the app is capture your story. The point system is an imperfect process that kind of adds value to the app as a whole because it allows us to be competitive. Now, when I say competitive, some people it's already going to cause the hair on their neck to bristle, because it's like right. I hate that you're making hunting competition. And it's like right, yeah, did you and hear I, I get say, that. Like,
0: I get that, and I agree but, with. But it.
1: But think about this though, like, yeah. and I agree, it'll at a high level, but you cannot separate competition from hunting because ultimately it is you versus the animal. It right. is a competition there's a survival element of like you cannot separate now can you separate like a prize pool because do we want to pay people because they kill more animals it's like that's not the purpose of hunt league it's not really because you killed so much you're going to get rewarded so much that's not really the target the target is like because you're a passionate outdoorsman and you're out there telling your story and we believe that your story is important for the future of of our heritage of our hunting heritage of conservation um like our stories and posting our stories is going to be a part of helping uh lower the barrier of entry it's going to educate people faster people are going to want to know like all right i'm coming from you know florida and i'm going to hunt in oregon and I have no idea what I'm doing when I go to hunt a Roosevelt bull, <laughs> but because yeah. I can kind of look through some of these stories and see what some of these guys from Oregon are doing, because in the community page, I can I can type in Oregon and just filter for posts that are coming from Oregon. And that'll be a short list. You That'd might cool. only see Wolfgang Troxel in that list at this moment, but, <laughs> you know, like – you you'd see like, these are the hunts that happen in Oregon. And and if they posted hunt logs, you can go in and just read. And that becomes state specific stuff of like, this is the information I want to like, find. I can narrow it down. Like only show me the posts that are elk in the state of Oregon. And now I want to see that in the community page. Um, So you can really filter and dial that down to be like, all right, I want to be a student of the game and learn from others that are doing this. And the app allows you to do that both in the leaderboard um you can go to the leaderboard and say like i want to i just want to see how i compete with other people this year with just my compound bow or how i did against I, cool. I don't care about all the compound bow guys like you know we talked about the point system and having variation for different like methods of take or whatever i could i could go in and say i just i don't care where i'm at i want to know how i did as a traditional bow hunter against other traditional bow hunters and you can select that on our leaderboard and it'll just pull up people that did traditional bow or you can say i want to do traditional bow with a single species you can't do multiple like but traditional bow with a bear how did i rank against all the other hunters that hunted with the traditional bow for bear and you can kind of see that score and that way you kind of have a marker like how am i doing like my season sucked this year like how did How did other people do? And it kind of gives you a little bit of like a gauge and then you can just narrow it down to like, I want to see, like, am I the only person that hasn't seen a freaking elk in three weeks? You know, like, uh, and it, it lets you kind of see behind, you know, the wall there and be like, okay, you can learn a lot from other people.
0: Is there any points for practicing and, and training? There will be. Okay. Um,
1: and so the stuff that i want to i actually have a few things that i want to kind of integrate points in for Mm -hmm. um and like this year last year we went there were three of us that went in uh we were supposed to do an eight-day hunt we lasted five days because the other two guys in the we really went hard we were in elk and we were in really tough terrain one guy's like achilles tendons were both like at a point where like he couldn't and he had bought new boots and he was like, I don't know if it's the new boots. I don't know if it's the train, I don't know if it's the lack of training with a pack on the train, Like, I don't know what's happening, but he's like, even if we got something, I don't feel like I can, I could help pack it out. I don't like a, and the other guy tough the nails, like he's done an iron man, like hmm. full on, you know, it's like the most grueling of physical things. And He's, he was like, I've never had to tap out of anything before physically where I felt like I couldn't go. Really? And he's like, my, we walked down this terribly steep. We'd never been in this area. We were in elk late at night and then we had to get back to camp and we were going down something that we should not have been going down, but we got kind of stuck on the hillside and his knees like blew up on him. Like, and it was Mm. just like, he, he's like, I took some wrong steps, hammer, you know, and got hurt. So we ended up having to pack out early, even though it's like, I've never been in more elk in my life. <laughs> and we're, you're saying like, we're packing out early. Like, yeah. And uh, so that it was, it was rough, but even like documenting those types of things, that's like super important. I don't even remember where we were going. Like what you said that led me to like talking about oh know, tra- training, training
0: and shooting. Oh
1: yeah. Training. But like, so this year I've been on to those guys big time on the training and like I've like, I just crossed 150 workouts for the year. Um, like, and I, I've been documenting, you know, you can probably tell, like, I'm the guy that's going to document stuff. and like, Mm -hmm. I'm methodical. And like, I want to, like, my goal is like, I want to be at 200 for the year, uh, which like, that's not actually, you know, that's like, for some people, that's not even that much. I'll be at 200 early, like last month I was like, could I get to 200 before, Season starts. I was like, that might be a new target for me. Right. But hit one hit 150 uh just this past week, uh, 150 workouts for the year. And there's different things for me what qualifies as a workout, but it's like I want to be able to document that so that I know when I go into season and I look back, it's like, no, I went into this more physically prepared this year than I did this year, and I was able to cover more miles that and I was able to do this, this, and this. And I want to be able to do that with. Uh, and you may have experienced this too, but like even in your training and target shooting, like I've had some years where like two years ago when I killed, uh, that five by five that I was bugling back and forth with, I literally was debating if I could take more than a 20 yard shot. Um, mm. and I've, the year before I was, I had the five fixed pin site. I was 60 and I, I would have taken a 60 yard even a 70 yard shot without hesitation felt like man i could hit you know right I could, hit, I could hit what i'm aiming at out all the way out but i had a shoulder injury i ended up having to add all sorts of weight on stabilizers up front weight on the back and i i was really trying to compensate because i had no stability in my shoulder and if i had to hold my draw for more than five, 10 seconds, like it was screening pain. I had a cortisone shot right before the season. They were trying to do surgery oh. and I was like, and I, I'm not a proponent of like cortisone, like, but I was like, I don't wanna do surgery cause it'll ruin my season. I can't use my left arm, you know, like, but it's the only way. So I I knew my limitations. I was like, it's, it's 20 yard, maybe a 30 yard if everything is perfect. And I have strength in that moment to like deliver. But it was like I'm not even drawing at a 40-yard shot. But thankfully that year, like he came straight in. I took a frontal shot at eight yards. Oh. And, uh, nice. And it was over. And I was like, I can't miss. Like it's like yeah. it's right here. I cannot miss this shot, even as bad as my shoulder is. Like, uh. but I have years where like sometimes your training is impacted. So I want to have and and you know, like going into the season what you you know, what your limitations really should be. And it right. changes for me year to year. I've had some years where 40 yards is where I want to be. Some years it's like, no, I feel good out to 70, even though I'm shooting a 60 pin sight. Um, oh, I think I lost I, you there for a second. Have, uh, training days, uh, shooting days, all those things, other types of activities. Sorry. So I, I'm just saying that I, I will have some of those other types of activities okay. integrated.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess my next question is: I saw that when I downloaded the app, I saw that Guy was on there, and uh, he said yeah. when I talked to him today, he said uh, he's blowing kisses your way or something like that. So I don't know if that's some <laughs> sort of inside inside thing you guys got going on there. But
1: no, but, Guy. So Guy was like, I don't know how on earth Guy found. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like unless you go to the app store and and type in Hunt. Huntley, <laughs>
2: it's
1: it, it's not gonna like. It's like, did you just randomly somehow, you, you started typing in hunting, and then you were going to type in Major League Baseball or something else, right. and you combine that and then discovered it? Uh, but he somehow got on it and <laughs> called me He's was like, dude, this is sweet. Like, I love this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, would you be willing to do a podcast? And, and at the time, I was like, I've never done a podcast, and I don't know that I really, I don't know that I'm like totally ready for it to be like public, you know, but yeah. I was like, we might as well just because it'll probably get us and but he was just starting too at the time like he was just starting western contours you know it it, it was not <laughs> what it is today back then yeah but we've kind of stayed in touch and he he's been coming out to Colorado and i've I've kind of hoped that our circles like it's like can we make our hunt camp kind of
0: <laughs> the same
1: eventually line up yeah and, uh, you he's know. a cool but dude having, man he is and so he I, I'm excited to see him on the app. I hope this year like he jumps back in and you know, logs all of his stuff.
0: Well, I'm is it possible to make a um your own like private among buddies league, not have to make it a public one where you're competing with all the users, but you can make a private league so like you can I can compete against Guy. Only yeah,
1: I love it. Yes. Uh yeah, you can do so a league can be either public or private. Okay. Um, and, and the idea of public means, so there's a couple different ways. Like you can create a league and we have leagues where a league could be created. Like there's different, it's not necessarily like different tiers, but a league could accommodate anything from your massive nonprofit, meaning Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation could have their own league within the app. And then mm-hmm. they could say the only way that you could be in this league is you have to be an RMEF member. And so you have to put your member number in and then we would just verify and it could just be RMEF members in this league. Then it would allow people like, Hey, you can comment. You could see other people that are doing stuff. You could have that. You could have a local archery shop say, Hey, we want to host a league and we want it just to be for the guys that are a part of our archery shop. And it could be either by private invitation or when somebody tries to join the league, the administrator of the league has to kind of approve them coming in. So you could have it set up like that or, Like in Hunt League itself, we have four leagues listed right now where there's the overall like outdoors of the year, counts all different species, um, all different states, or we have one that's the Western Hunter. And the Western Hunter, in order for it to work, it's only certain Western big game animals, plus it's only people that have hunted in certain states. So if you kill an elk, but you killed it in Kentucky, it doesn't count in the Western Hunt League. Like. So it's not just the species that matters. So you can break down a league and make a league where it's like, I only wanna do archery in this league. I only wanna do traditional archery in this league. And so if you wanted to do something where you wanted to create a custom league, uh, absolutely. I'm the only one that can build the league on the back end. Like you as a user can't create a league in the app. You can create a hunting party in the app. So you could invite Guy and any of your buddies to be a part of a party and share information within a party yeah but you you would have to submit what you want in the league and who you want to be involved or included for it to be uh for it to be an actual like league in the app that people can so, either discover or
0: so if i wanted to create my own league it would have to go through the admin you and then you would have to approve a private yeah. league
1: yeah and i would just there's one questionnaire Uh, right now that questionnaire is not like public because we just kind of launched leagues but there's one questionnaire that has all the requirements so you just check the boxes do you want it do you want it to be rifle all methods of take do you want it to be just archery do you want it just to be compound bow and traditional right do you want it to just be elk do you want it to be just deer you see you can you can are dogs allowed to be used is can you use a is a guided hunt yeah can it can it include a high fence ranch can it you know you have the ability to like completely dictate huh. what you want the rules of your league to be. And once you have that, uh, you can select like on the leaderboard, you can go to the filter and then like hit which league. And so if you had a league going, you can push the filter and it'll just filter based on all the criteria of your league. Who's it? Who's actually winning that league. Yeah. Uh,
2: hmm.
1: you know, like who based on the leaderboard. Okay. So, so naturally yes, my next question
0: it relieve my next question is is if i wanted to get a bunch of content creators talk a massive amount of shit uh, invite them to the hunt league and then somehow have a winner after the season's over theoretically speaking i could do that
1: theoretically speaking (laughs) you could not only do it you would have to challenge them at the core of their humanity because they would actually be (laughs) exposed to say like did you actually have a good season or are you all talk? But uh, right, right, ultimately it's like, all right, how many days did you spend in the field? And it will be <laughs> if you're in the league, yeah, it's visible. Did you have a good day or a bad day? Because now it's going to be visible. So I think if you're ready to call people to the carpet and say, yeah. like, all right
0: like Guy or year. uh or Jim Huntsman or Oh yeah Mike Batisse, you know, come on or AJ. From like, Knights like, of the let's Apex. See,
1: let's see Mike Batiste like,
0: like chasing what, Moby. Your,
1: you know, you, you talk all about your, uh, you know, your breeding sequence and all your stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like I love listening to his podcast, and I'm always like, man, I got to get better at this whole like breeding sequence. And guys, all about you know following the that playbook. And uh, but I'm like, all right, I've never done the breeding sequence and the glunking and the whole. You know, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, but I would love to see guys like that put in like, all right, no. Don't just tell me that's what you did. Record your breeding sequence that you're doing in the field on the audio note, what time of day you did that and cool. what kind of response you got and let 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 us see it. Let you know, like you don't have to you don't have to tell me where it happened, but tell me how it happened and I want to know what the response actually was. I've heard you tell the stories, <laughs> but I want to see it and I want to hear it with my with my yeah. own ears. And I'm like, no, like let's let's do it. And you know, you got a guy like Dan Stanton. Uh, like the yeah the help guy yep yep um I've listened to some of his stuff and it's actually a challenge because he, he's not like a call guy um he's he's more of a spot and stock. I don't know that he doesn't use calls but I've listened to some of his like what he really wants to do is like I want to sneak up on a bowl and do it because I saw it and I made the play and I got myself in a position to to win you know and I'm like all right that's bad and like that's become something that like I've rolled around in my mind. I'm like, we've called bulls in and we've killed bulls, but I've never snuck in on a bull that I spotted and I put the stock on and it's like, okay. And Mm. that that gave me like my own challenge. And I'm like, all right, that's like on my bucket list of things to do. So now there's going to be scenarios where I see the elk and I'm like, I'm putting my calls away, even though like, I feel like I could call and I could create something here because now I'm challenging myself as a hunter to accomplish something I've never done.
0: that's cool. Cause,
1: I, I, I kind of want to log back. Yeah, tell the story of
0: it. Well, the last Rosie I killed was um, was actually a spot in stock, and I actually videoed the whole thing on Instagram. So it is possible, you know, like there's a yeah. Instagram um, story where you could actually chronologically follow along, and I'm videoing it as I'm waiting for him to stand up because he was in the middle of a unit, and uh, that was that was pretty cool. But it would. In, in, in is this something that people could follow, like our, our listeners and, and Instagram followers? Could they all follow along and then just watch and see how much we're getting? Because there was two weeks when I shot the year I shot that big bull. There was two weeks where I didn't see an elk for two straight weeks. I mean, I was out in the woods almost yeah. every day.
2: Yeah.
0: Pro- yeah. Actually, I was in the woods every day. So it'd be I cool mean, for people and- to see how much we struggle before we find success, if we find success, you know?
1: See, I I love that because I think it takes some of the mystery out because what what we see on YouTube, what we see on Facebook, what we see on Instagram, we're posting most of the success stories. Sure, you can show like the wallow picture, or the rub or, you know, the other little pieces. But the stories, the the edited down versions of our hunt come down to the 20 minutes that mattered the most, you know, and it's like that's what the world sees. And then they, you know, people are left to believe, well, that's what elk hunting is like. It's like this 20 minutes that I've seen of this guy, or this guy is such a good elk hunter. This is what his, this is the difference between me and him. I didn't see an elk until my third year of elk hunting. I didn't see a single elk. like, hmm. And I covered in those three years, I probably covered over a hundred miles on foot cruising basins and <laughs> like crushing the ground underneath me. Yeah. And I never saw an elk. And it's like, but I, I didn't know what to look for when I was East scouting. I didn't know. I didn't know how to read the train, but I was I was finding I, – I, I'm starting to find fresh scat versus just all old stuff. I'm starting – it was a learning process. I had nobody to kind of like learn from. And what the Huntley Gap has done is like I've been able to go – like there's a group of three guys coming up from Texas this year that are going on their first ever elk hunt they're scared out of their mind thinking of like, they don't know what they're doing. it's like, I love that anticipation, the excitement. They're like, do I have all the right stuff? Do I have that?" they're asking all the questions. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, like I'm sharing my hunt logs. I'm even showing them information. I'm walking on the maps, like here's what they did. Here's, And it's making all of it feel more accessible, more attainable. And they- I actually invited them to apply for the same unit. And I was like, guys, I'm gonna be scouting in this unit. I will tell you where I'm seeing Elk. So before you get here, because you don't have the time to scout, you know, like I'm going to help you guys be successful. Like I'm bought in. So we're doing Skype calls or FaceTime calls and Mm. like working, working through it. But that's been, that's been a super cool thing. But it's like having those logs is giving them the ability to kind of jump in and see it. But then when you talk about all the content creators jumping in and doing that, It's like, you're going to give people access to something they have never had access to that I think people actually crave. We want the real story. How, like you guys talk on podcasts and you talk about scouting. What does a day of scouting look like for you? Hmm. You know, like, you know, what does, how many hours are you actually out there? Like, how do you guys create that much time to get away from jobs, to get away from family, to get away from stuff, to go and do this? It's like, how does it actually work? And then they start seeing like, oh, he's doing that on the weekends or he's doing that always like after work, he's doing that from six to nine o'clock at night. He's, you know, like that's how they're making it work. Um, and it's going to make those types of things. Like if I want to become a better elk hunter, or I want to become a better deer hunter, a better bear hunter, like the information that is going to be visible, uh, that is private. Like, again, like nothing gets shared unless you share it. And anything you share, you can unshare or delete, you know, like, so you have control of your data. Um, And again, there's nothing that gets posted to the massive community or the public facing side that contains GPS or location information. So all of that's going to be private, but it's like bringing you guys as content creators. I mean, the ultimate thing is to like, No, we're trying to remove barriers and we want intimacy with the people. We want that with our audience. We want them to feel like they actually get to see and know and they're learning from what we're doing. It's like this opens up an avenue like nothing else out there. Like there's nothing else out there that's going to allow this level of intimacy with people to be able to follow and see the day-to-day details of your hunt. So I can't wait. I can't wait for some of these people that even do TV shows and stuff where they start using this to communicate with their uh you know with the people that are, that are following their stories and right you know we've we've seen the post that you posted about the here's the trail camera picture of the deer you're chasing like how many days in the season did you actually see that or how many days did you sit in that stand before it actually walked through because all we usually see is Here's the tree, you know, here's the trail cam footage. And then here's the kill shot, you know, with holding the trophy. And it's like, right. That doesn't tell the whole story. The story. And I feel
0: like that's an aspect that's been missing. And, and honestly, I just love talking shit and, and feeling tags. You know, that's, that's just what I like to do. I like to talk shit and hunt. And if I can, yeah. you know, talk a bunch of shit to a bunch of friends that I, you know, I don't get to see very often, um, that'll just let us, you know, keep in contact even more and, and, you know, be a part of each other's seasons, even though we're not there, Um, yeah, we're, 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 we're following along and, and we're, we're just being more closely, you know, knit during hunting season when everybody's off doing their own thing. I think that would be, not only would it be cool just to see what the other guys do and how many miles they cover and, and, and stuff. But I mean, you got guys like the, like Joe Giglia from, uh, elk bros and, and, yeah, you know, him and I, um, we, he, he, he's, he's a killer. He's an elk killer. I mean, the guy kills a lot of elk. And for a lot of years, yeah. the dude's
1: killed a lot of
0: elk. Yeah, and, and we're pretty opposite in in the styles and the gear and stuff. And it's just like I'd really – I'd love to learn from that guy, you know, and, and and being able to see what his day-to-day looked like or how many miles he covered or how many – you know, for me, it's – you know, I've heard some guys um, like Paul Medell. He's like, you know, if I see – or if I hear an elk and he talks to me, he's dead. I'm like, man, that's, that's a bold statement. <laughs> You <laughs> know, cause it may cause take I've me, a lot of I've never yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's like, man, I'm shooting. Like if I have an encounter and I call an encounter, like if I have an opportunity where a bulls in bow range and we're playing that back and forth, or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, we're doing that 150 yard dance where you close into 80 and then he's at 200 and then you're at 150 to 80 to 200 doing that thing like a Rocky does. Um, you know, how many times do I have to do that? Until I get a shot or I kill a bull, and you know, yep. me and my buddy got it figured out. For every um, through the years that we've hunted over in Eastern Oregon, me and Mitch, for every four days we hunt, on average, we will get a shot every four days. A shot, a shot every four days. Not
1: an encounter, a shot.
0: Correct, a shot every four days, bro. Yeah,
1: I would just tell you like that's humongous, like that's that's phenomenal. Well, resistance. well,
0: it took. Uh, to get to that point (laughs) right
1: let's say that's your most recent statistic I mean that's
0: yeah and and Rosie's Rosie's is is not that (laughs) it is like yeah one to two shots a year you know and I'm out I'm out almost every day and if I get a shot I'm like I got my shot I'm gonna keep plugging away but I got my shot you know and and so but but you know, when we're out there hunting Rockies over there, it's like okay, you know, like day five, and we haven't got a shot. I'm like, oh, it's coming. Today's probably tomorrow, the day. Tomorrow. Or yeah, day. like yeah. my, I feel like Tonight's the odds the are night. getting greater and greater because we're we're just yeah, you know, it's just like we, you know, we figured it out every four days, and and uh, and and almost almost like clockwork, it is almost every four days we get a shot.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, like you're talking about it, because one of the things, there's only a few species in the whole app that has something called an encounter like there there's an event so there's a sighting Mm -hmm. you know there's there's all the other events but elk is one of those deer is one of those uh that has like an encounter button and it's kind of a funky thing because it's like well what's the difference between like an encounter and a sighting and like you explained it it's like i have sightings where i see elk and they're on a ridge right but i'm not i'm not within range like an encounter to me is like I'm within range where this could happen. Like this exactly. this could happen any second. And it's like, because I, I've heard, you know, from, like I, I kind of, I don't know if I read this or we it was kind of discussed, but somebody kind of gave a statistic. Like it's about every 14 days before you have elk hunting in Colorado that you have that encounter. And I was like, oh, really? What?
0: It's that bad? Like
1: that, somebody somebody's kind of gave me that. And I was like, I, wow. and I don't know if that means it ends in a shot or something like that. Yeah. But you do that over the whole... We're not doing this over the Garrett Weavers out there that have been practicing and studying this all year. We're talking about the guys that broke out their bow, blew the dust off and then went out. And it's like the woods are full of over the counter guys that go through a whole season. And they they rarely, they don't, they don't venture very far from their truck. They're hoping just to call something in. And it's like, they can do that day after day in the same place that other people are parked a hundred yards down the road, doing the same thing. It's like, yeah, they didn't have any encounters, whatever. But I I heard like the macro of that was like 14 days. And one of the things that I put in there in the app is that encounter event, Mm -hmm. because I wanted it to be something where you could actually track, like, what does it take to get an encounter with an elk? And I want to know my personal encounter rate, the other guys that I hunt with. And I'm like, and I can go through my logs and be like, all right. Like last year I had two, what I would call encounters back to back within 30 minutes of each other, where I stocked up and I, I just had a bull that I, I knew he was feeding behind this tree and I was sneaking up this creek bed to get up to him. And then uh, I'm locked in looking at this tree thinking the bull is here. But I was fo- so focused on being quiet, like going in. I had my head down that that bull fed up on this little, on this little side and was behind these other bushes. And my buddy's sitting back filming with his iPhone. And he's like, no, Jared, Jared, draw, 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 <laughs> draw. You know, he, and I hear him later, you know, as he's showing me the video, and I, my eyes are locked this way, and the bull's off to my left. Oh. And and then all of a sudden, I hear something, and, like, he was 20 yards from me, like, broadside, but then at that point, he's looking right at me, and I, it was over, and I was like, oh. No. And so I was super frustrated, but then I was like, all right, let's keep walking. So we walk around this corner, and then we go, and there, we end up sneaking into this herd. And then another thing happens where, like, there were some hikers up on a ridge or like, you just heard this lady's voice. They were actually mountain biking on, the, on oh. a ridge, like a couple hundred yards from us. So I was like, "Oh look, you know, there's some elk over
2: there." <laughs> and, and
1: like, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, any moment from drawing back and like, there's there's seven cows right out here, and there's a herd bull that's bugling right in the trees beyond them. Oh. and I'm like, this is this is the moment. Like, it's all about to happen. I'm so glad that I didn't shoot the bull right behind me because he was like a small like raghorn, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is about to be epic. And then you hear that and then all the bulls just flood out and (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh.
2: But I had two of those
1: like back to back, you know, it's like, all right, how many of those moments do you have in a season? Like how many do you have? How many days between, you know, and it's like ultimately I think part of the competition for me is I want to shorten the number of days between encounters. Like
0: exactly efficiency. That's my goal. Be more efficiency. And, And I'm all down for learning. Like we just went back and kind of were thinking throughout throughout the years because we're like, man, you know, there was years where we didn't get a shot, in like a few years in a row, like man. And you know, it took me six or seven years before I finally got it done on a bull with a bow. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap, that I made it! I, I I made it the hardest way possible. I mean, had a guy teaching me how to hunt rosies, but I I spent two years and I never got even got to draw my bow back on on hunting yeah. rosies. and then. I don't think I ever drew my bow back hunting with him, but he taught me so much. And I'm like, man, like, you know, there is, there is six, probably six years. I'm not gonna say I wasted, but like, just not even understanding what was going on when I was even in the vicinity of a bull or an elk or like, I was just so dumb. I just, I, or, uh, naive, <laughs> naive. And yeah. And like, yeah. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know anything. I was learning it all on my own. Right. Um, and, uh, Willie was just teaching me how to get into them. He wasn't teaching me what to do when you finally got into them. Yeah.
1: Once you're there. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things that like the elk bros guys talk about. And it's like, they start their course with like finishing the moment. You know, it's like,
0: yeah, I call it you, the red zone. You seal
1: the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like once you're in that zone, like what needs to be going through your head, what's your routine and rhythm. Cause I, I think we work so hard to get to that zone and all of our focus and intentions on that. But then once we're there, we make the most, I, and that is where, <laughs> right. I mean, what your story right there, it's like, I mean, I, I can relate. Cause it's like, I didn't, I didn't shoot. Let me see. My first shot came in 2012. I think I told you I was hunting 2007 or even maybe 2008 was my first year. So it was like, I was five or six, seven years in before I took my first shot at a bull um and hit it the bull ran away arrows sticking out about 15 inches on the other side of it you know like Mm -hmm. and everything was perfect went up called my buddy was like i got a bull you know come in help me let's find it and pack it out and then they they got into me at two in the morning and we started looking and we never found a drop of blood and we i mean i went from the highest of highs too low i mean we we walked around for 10 hours and i never found a drop of blood never found anything and i thought i heard him crash like i thought i i saw the arrow sticking out everything that's like i don't i don't i still to this day don't,
2: I don't know what understand. happened yeah
1: yeah i'm like I, I don't know how to fix that like and we grid searched it we circled we you know and it's like so i i but saying what you're saying like going seven years and not ever you know, it's like, it didn't shoot, didn't, didn't kill a bull. You know, it's like, yeah, that's elf cunning. And, you know, yeah. I don't think people realize the work that goes into it, but I think after you put in those years,
0: they start falling. You know,
1: it's like, yeah. And it, and the, the time between encounters, the time between shots, all those things start going shorter and shorter. But I think if we can help expedite that learning curve, because we're sharing our stories and showing people and like helping people kind of figure out what they need to be, uh, or like where they need to be when they need to be there what you know like and they get to learn from us in a different way then it's not just sharing a spot like here's a location go to this location you'll get an elk or and it's not just sharing like here's how I killed it here's the story of everything that went into it. it's like no everything that went from the scouting to leading up to the moment and you get to read that in the hunt logs you get to see it you get to it's a new glimpse into something that I like, I can't wait to share. Hmm. And I, I really love the idea of doing that league with some of these content creators. Cause it's like, I want people to be able to see the ups and downs of our years. You know, like we don't always have the best year, you know, we don't always yeah. get to finish the year killing. It would bull, be, but it's like,
0: it would be fun to like have, um, like judges and, and to have like, or even the, the, the viewers or subscribers or listeners, whatever the hell you want to call them. Um, folks vote on it you know it's not i think it's i think it's something it's it's you know people have their favorite you know content creators but i think when it comes yeah. to being um you know like i believe they're not going to be biased when they're choosing a winner they're like man this guy had a really good season you know like i think if you let the listeners or the viewers um or the folks whoever choose the winner i think that that'd be kind of cool
1: oh yeah dude we're doing it yeah let's do it yeah
0: i'm just gonna we start have, talking like, shit right I, now <laughs> no,
1: that idea i've never even heard that idea like that idea is like oh my gosh yeah heck yeah let's do that league you tell me the name of the league yeah let's get let's get I'll a handful video people. this and then, yeah and then you we could like right now right now it would be i don't if somebody joins the league Everybody who's joined the league is competing in the league. So you're almost adding a second tier where you're saying, I want the content creators to be in the league, but I want other people to participate in the league with us. So right now we could set it up where the leaderboard has, it shows like even the person that's listening to you, am I having a better season than Garrett? (laughs) Am I having a better season than the guy? And it's like, hey, they're getting to compete with you guys too, to see like, all right, who's having the best year? but at the end of that we still have the way to filter out like all right these are the admins of the league these are the content creators and ultimately like if you're the guy and i would just say like look let's knight you right now you're going to be that guy that goes and chases oh and helps fill that league and it's like yeah. or you and guy like you guy and jim like get on the phone together and say like all right the three of us are going to take us on let's invite like the guys that we want to participate in that you give me that list and we'll we'll make all those guys admins in the league If you're an admin, you can send a message in the league, but anybody who's in the league is going to receive that message. So if all of you guys are admins, you're the only voices that can be heard in the chat or in the thread. Mm. So you guys can talk all the smack publicly. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else can chime in and we can't vote or do anything to like your comments or whatever because it's just we're watching a text message thread, but we could set all you guys up as admins for the league where you guys get to see each other's thread Uh or you you communicate in it and then everybody else gets to kind of participate but then everybody that's in the league their activities are going to be posted in there so you can tag your own like all your hunt logs all your stuff will be in there Mm -hmm. and you can see like all right how did my season compare against guys how did my season compare against jim huntsman you know and we're all hunting whether right. you're in Idaho where he's at or you're in California where guys at and having to travel cause you can't get a Tule or tool yeah, or right. tag, you know, like,
2: right. it's
1: like good luck ever drawn that. Right. I feel bad. Uh, yeah. Someday though, he'll someday he'll move to Colorado. Like, <laughs> we will you know, be done with the lockdowns. So I'm excited cause here. I just,
0: I just want to, you know, be able to, uh, connect with, with, all my all my friends online and stuff more and then also be able to just have fun you know just have fun and 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 i guess compete but just have fun and talk shit that's that's what's fun i mean yeah honestly and so i guess um so if somebody wanted to download the app um yes what walk me through that so they just go on to the apple store they they download the app on there um, yep
1: go to the app store download hunt league um you have to t- it's t- you can type it in as two words or one word hunt league. Uh, sometimes I wish league was an easier word for people to spell cuz sometimes people misspell yeah. that L E A G U E. a g u e. Uh but you type in hunt league. That's about the only way you're going to find the app is like it's
2: called you hunt have league. To it's in the app
1: store. Got to type it in. Interesting. You can type in hunting apps and you're going to get every other one before. Just because it's like, yeah, I mean, we haven't made this public yet. We've been beta testing it. We've been kind of running it in the background. We've been, we just released the leagues, but at this point it's like, all right, I was hoping we were ready to have Android out earlier this year. It's not ready. If you're an Android guy listening to this and you want to sign up for like, Hey, put me on the beta list, put me on this. Cause I'm going to try to get it out as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one good thing is you can add hunts. You you can go to your hunt logs and I can add, there's a button at the bottom right of a hunt log section where you can push add new and you can create a hunt, lay, a hunt log from scratch. Like, so if I wanted to say like, all right, I remember this hunt that I did in 2017. It was back in this basin. You know, it'll ask you like, where do you want the starting location of the hunt to be where, you know, and you can fill in all the details. You could bring in your Onyx waypoints, your, base map waypoints, whatever, dump them in. And you could go back and go, okay, all these points are from this day that I spent in the field. So I'm going to go back and create a hunt log now and associate all these points kind of together with this hunt, create the time that it happened. Um, So if you're an Android guy and Android comes out before the end of the year, you know, if you kind of somewhat make notes or like have an idea, I mean, you can even use your Onyx right now and, use your base map and it'll tell you the date that you did it. It'll right. tell you, you know, and so you will be able to bring some of that stuff over and kind of fill in the gaps of a hunt log. It may not be to the same extent that you'd have it if you have an iOS app right now. So, or okay. an iPhone. So we will have that available, but if you want to go to the huntleague.com website, there's a little thing that says join the Android beta test team. You can click that, put your email address in. And then as we make progress with Android, we'll send out an email to you saying, hey, we've got a beta version ready for you to test. So if you want to be kind of a first adopter or whatever, they can kind of jump in and test that. Uh, If if they're joining and they sign up and they're creating an account, there's a promo code that you can enter at the very top of it. Um, And any person can use their username as a promo code and it will unlock the person's app uh, that the league pass on their app where you can join leagues and add buddies and all that um, for 30 days if you put that if you put that person's promo code in so what is your username in the app like tell people uh, what your username is i
0: think just garrett weaver is what i made it two is hours there a two space? to space is, space is it yeah garrett the... space garrett let me look garrett space weaver i think
1: okay Spell that. Here. Spell that out for people that are listening. So, G
0: A R R E T T Space Weaver, capital G, capital W. So, just formally Garrett Weaver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so a if hunter. So they type in Garrett Weaver. Hunter 141, I think. I don't know. Um, yeah. I suck.
1: Ranked, ranked, <laughs> ranked 41st right now at the moment. Oh yeah. But that's just because you haven't started entering <laughs> logs yet. So. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. So um, um,
0: I guess so. There's there's a uh. I, I'm a little confused on the promo code. So, if somebody wanted to find uh, the the league that I'm going to create with my other buddies and stuff, how would yes. they? How would they find that?
1: Okay, we we need a name for it. Uh, so, if somebody types in Garrett Weaver yeah. and uses that as the promo code, it will send you an email saying so and so signed up. And and that'll give us an opportunity where I could see it, you could see it. And we could we could potentially follow up with an email or, or a text in the in the app itself and say, hey, here's the league. Like so if we don't have the name of the league, which right now we're just we're, we're brainstorming coming up with it. Yeah. So, yeah. but there okay. will be a league and you can call it the Garrett Weaver, whatever league. Yeah. And people <laughs> it, the way that you'd find that is you can go to the main menu and hit leagues. Or you can go to the community page. In the top right, there's a little icon that takes you to the community page. And then in the bottom menu, there's a, a tab that's leagues. There It'll show you any league that you're eligible to join. And so if you have one, you can click that league and it'll give you the details. So that would be where you, you're going to come up with a description of like, here's what the league is. Here's what we're counting or qualifying in the league to, to participate. You know, if there's any prerequisites before you join the league, you have to do this, this or this. You know, uh, you can create all of that, uh, up front and then they would just simply hit join. The only thing you have to have is the league pass subscription to join leagues. Um, and that the league pass subscription, when you download the app, it's free to download.
2: Okay. You
1: you have everything that you need there for one species. So a lot of people that are just like, I'm just a deer hunter. I'm just an elk hunter. You'll be fine. But that's a private hunting journal that you get when you just download uh, the hunt League Gap, and it's kind of that's the free version. It's not because it's ad free or not. Ad, there's no ads really in the app. Like it's just there's a home page that has a couple sliders. So whether you have the free one or whether you have the league pass, it's not because you're getting like bombarded with ads on either one. We're we're not doing any of that in in the app. Um, it's it's the ability to connect and community, share hunt logs, add buddies, join parties, join leagues, all of that stuff. Is what the subscription part is, and that's fourteen ninety nine a year to do the league pass subscription. Um, the good news is anybody that joins this year, last year our league winner, who I said like, yeah, we'll make a custom prize package, it will be worth about fifteen hundred bucks. We ended up giving almost eight thousand dollars worth Jesus. of prizes to our top three guys, huh. and the I mean the guy that won the outdoors of the year, I mean he got Vortex's top of the line. It was a thirty seven hundred dollar razor AMG scope. Um hmm. uh, he, he got an 18 by 56 because he was thinking he was going to do a bighorn sheep hunt. Got an 18 by 56 razor binoculars, like their UHD line, hmm. uh like top quality stuff. Um and this year Vortex has jumped in with the Outdoors of the Year and said, look, the winner of the Outdoors of the Year, they've been fantastic. They they saw what we were doing, like, hey, we're all in. And they said the winner of this year's Outdoors of the Year we're going to let them because we understand they could be from anywhere in the country and their needs might not be the same so we're not just going to give them like here's an item it's like we're going to let them choose one item from our entire catalog so
0: wow uh, holy crap like yeah. if you
1: if you need a new rangefinder you need a new scope for that 1000 yard rifle you're building you need a set of binoculars to take you out western hunting whatever you want from vortex optics, right. choose the item of your choice. And vortex is going to send that to the outdoors of the year this year. And hmm. we've had a couple other companies. Like I, I, we talked about fly fishing moonshine rods, uh, is an awesome fly rod company that, uh, uh, I, I went to college with the two guys that kind of started that. Mm-hmm. And so we've just been talking and I told you kind of, my first passion was, was fishing before hunting completely consumed me. Mm-hmm. Um, But with that, like that fishing, uh, they're jumping in and they're giving their nicest rod, uh, away to the outdoors of the year. And then several rods to the people that are in second and third and the Western hunting league gets this midnight special rod, which is like one of the most beautiful fly rods you've ever seen. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's like super cool prizes for these different leagues. So there's a there's a Bucks and Ducks League, which is, you know, I think of more as your Midwest guy, but you could be a California guy that's just on the Pacific flyway, Oregon, you know, you got bucks and ducks. You can compete with that. So there's a bucks and ducks, and so obviously that one's only focusing on bucks and ducks. It's not geese, it's not other stuff. There's a waterfowler that is all your waterfowl species. So you can do mm-hmm. a waterfowler league. So if you're a big time duck hunter goose hunter that kind there's a waterfowl league there's a western hunt league which is basically your montana you know wyoming colorado new mexico and west and it only counts certain species all that stuff is listed though like when you look at the league details you can see what are the prizes for this league how many people are competing in it you know who's who's done recent activity because it you see if you're in that league and you just performed a hunt, it's going to show up in the league as so-and-so just, just completed a hunt. So-and-so just completed a scout, you know, that kind of thing. And you can see that in the league to kind of keep track of stuff, which that's going to be awesome once season rolls around. Cause then you can start celebrating with people like, dude, congratulations on that bull. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that's going to be fun. Like when you talk about like all the guys that are in your circle and talking, you know, yeah. back and forth and competing <laughs> with each other. Like people are gonna see, you know, all right, who's who's been out there and who got it done? And uh That'd be cool. That's yeah. gonna be pretty fun.
0: Well, I'll uh I'll work on getting a hold of some of the <laughs> some of the guys and, and uh start throwing some challenges out there. But um it would it would be so it's so it, it does cost money. It costs fifteen dollars. Will it cost the fifteen dollars to follow our league? Or to be, so it'll cost fifteen dollars to be in our league.
1: To join the, it doesn't cost fifteen to join the league. It's all the leagues are a part of it. So to join the league, yes. To follow, you know, okay. Like it can, it'll send a note. So and like somebody could you post on the community. Okay. People that are all the free users can see that in the community. Page. Okay, that's what I was wondering. And yeah, and and I'm not, you know, like this is all. If if somebody's sitting there going like, man, I can't afford the fifteen bucks, you know, this year. It's like, Hey, just like, I'm not in that spot where I'm, I'm not trying to like penalize the person that's just getting started or fresh out of college, whatever. So if if you need some financial support, need some help, just shoot, hit me with that email, email support at huntling.com. I'll support you. You know, I'll help you. (laughs) I, you know, the, the, the vision of this is not to try to like, uh, you know, be just that extra added cost for all hunters, but it is, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of value that you're going to get from it. And the $15, Apple and Google take their fair share of it. And then uh, Mm. really it just is going to cover our server costs and costs to keep, you know, all the stuff updated in the app. I mean, the development costs, the ongoing stuff, it's just going to help kind of cover that. So that's that's my intention and that's my goal with even charging a subscription is just doing that.
0: You have the opportunity to win like thousands of dollars in gear. How many users do you have currently? Because you you haven't even launched this thing yet, right? No, technically,
1: no, not, not really. I'm, I'm actually, I'm meeting with the marketing guy today. Mm -hmm. I have a phone call and marketing company. And then I got another one next Tuesday. So I'm just in the pre conversations about connecting with some marketing companies. I haven't done anything with social media, like other than like the account that I manage, which, so, I mean, there's a few hundred people that have gone to the app store and typed in Hunt League and downloaded the app. And of those couple hundred, there's a lot of those people that downloaded it and then haven't look, reopened it or re-looked at it in a while. So it's like your odds of winning something really <laughs> phenomenal actually pretty good. Are pretty dang good this year going into this. And but I would say, like, yeah, this year we're gonna start. I'm we're gonna start letting people know about it. We've never let people know about it. We're gonna start inviting people, say, Hey, yeah. IOS is ready, leagues are ready, we're ready to start. And and there's a little bit of an urgency for me on some of it because like specifically if i could i would have ten thousand users for, in the state of colorado like this is a big deal to me i would i would have ten thousand if i could dream this up i want elk hunters all over the state of colorado logging their hunts in the app because i want their stories to be documented and i want us to have some experiential data know it's not like this hard line scientific data but it's this experiential data of people in the field because we've all heard the stories of how things were better before this happened or before that happened before wolves colorado is about to introduce wolves and i think it's critically important that we get the word out and like get people documenting their stories logging things sharing it with the community and then we we do a little bit of looking back on some of that data and say, okay five years ago this is what people were experiencing in the elk woods of colorado now five years after they've introduced wolves this is what the landscape looks like part of the thing that i'm bummed about is like no i don't have 50 users from colorado logging hunts this year so you lose that this power of that story in the data pool but uh you lose the power of that data pool um if you don't have the users and it's like man how powerful would this story be if we can start capturing that story right now and we're getting we're getting people and and this goes to you in Oregon you guys are having historic wildfires fires yeah. temperatures all sorts of things you have predator control rules being put in place like what is the actual impact that we're seeing with hunters in those different environments and that's where i think man the, the faster we can get this into people's hands not, be, not because it's like, hey, we're going to all of a sudden start proving to, to people or it's going to overturn an election or it's going to do that. But it's like, hey, the power of most critical components of human history. That's why we document stories. That's why we continue to tell the same stories. That's why we, you know, like it's like our story is important. Your story is important and we can't discount our stories. So, like, I think it's almost selfish when people like right now, it's like, Hey, don't, you know, I don't want to use the app because, uh, you know, like it it might take away from a hunter. might do this. Like, like maybe get beyond yourself a little bit, you know, and like, Hey, don't be selfish here because like what we, what we might actually be able to do here might be able to help contribute with conservation in a way that like, we've never had a tool that's been able to do this Mm. and, I'm really excited about some of what those collect, like what is our collective story, not our individual story, but like what happens when we start collecting our stories in a way that we can tell it and repackage it, you know, having conversations with with the guys like Robbie from blood origins, having conversations with people like hunter nation, being able to, to connect with organizations like Rocky mountain elk foundation, like, you know, I'm I'm originally from Oklahoma and I've seen some of their emails about the declining turkey populations in Oklahoma. And it's like I want those types of stories to like start to actually integrate with our conservation efforts. And, you know, like the state is only able to pay so many biologists and people to study and track right. the movement of animals. But it's like, you know, what if we had a way and this gets into real dangerous territory? you know, like, cause it's like, we're not doing GPS and data tracking of like the specifics of location, but it's like, but we know we we're we're narrowing it down to a state. Like when you post something, it says your hunt's from Oregon or your hunt's from right. Colorado. Like it's a macro study of what's potentially happening in in a, you know, and it's like obviously the more scientific data would be you want to scale that down into the finest of details correct like into the into which unit into which basin but we're not really going that direction but it's like we want the collective story of hunters around the country to start painting a different narrative for you know the public perception and what it actually does to benefit all of wildlife you know instead of like you're just out there killing animals it's like no like our story is important. And I think, I think it has the ability collectively to make a difference, uh, you know, for all of us.
0: Well, I think that's pretty cool, man. And, and um, you know, if, if uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up here, but if we're going to have people get a hold of you or, or go to the app, um, give them um, your Instagram handle, your email, and give them one more chance to to find it online again.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me on and let me participate, but yeah. uh, you can, you can go, On Facebook or Instagram, Hunt League, just type in H U N T L E A G U E. Hunt League will find us on either. Um, I will give you fair warning I'm not much of a social media or poster, so you're not (laughs) going to get there and be like impressed or like, dude, this guy's social media stuff is awesome. Um, But Uh, it's going to grow. And what we'll start doing is as people start contributing content in the app, we'll start reposting, we'll start using those platforms to kind of share your stories on those platforms. So that's going to be what I'm kind of excited about. Like, so we can start saying like, you know, here's Garrett, we like to check out Garrett Weaver's hunt from this year, you know, go, go get the hunt league app and you know, you can actually view the details of this story and you, you know, I can post the picture of the buck or bull or bear or whatever that you're holding and kind of redirect people. So it's a great way to kind of celebrate the different individual accomplishments of everybody within the community. But that's the Hunt League, uh, Instagram, Facebook. I think you can also do that on YouTube. Most of the YouTube content right now is just kind of tutorial videos. on like, how do I actually use this app? Because it is, it does a lot of things. So you need to spend a little bit of time, don't download it and then not look at it until the day you go to the woods. It's like Mm. every piece of equipment that you have, like, learn a little bit, learn how to download an offline map, like practice it. So do your offline maps, do do what you need to do, do a little bit of the homework, watch some of the tutorial videos. It'll, it'll really help you out. But if you're an iPhone guy, go to iOS, download hunt league. If you're an Android guy, go to huntleague.com. Okay. And, uh, and it'll, and you can sign up for the beta test. And otherwise, um, you know, if you want to email me, uh support at huntleague.com or my personal one is j new uh, j-n-e-w at huntleague.com uh hit me up there ask me grill me with your questions and all the reasons why you don't want to use the app and you hate this <laughs> idea like you're, you're scared that i'm going to give away your location it's like i don't even see that like it's all uh stored on our like we have an encrypted server with amazon that it's on aws and that's where everything lives, and I'm nobody's accessing anybody's information. The only information that gets shared is what you choose to share, and by default, we have it set up where you're not giving away location. You have to intentionally be sharing your location data if it's ever going to get out, and it will never get out publicly. It's only going to get out with within the people that you specifically say I want to share this with. So, cool. Well,
0: I appreciate that you, that works. yeah, explaining it and and and. Um igniting a a fun competitive side in me and and um i i'm gonna mess around with the app and bear season starts august 1st so i'll try testing it out during bear season because that's a really like low pressure if it walks off it walks off kind of thing you know i'll find another one but um you know me and me and my buddy brad he i told my buddy brad that he needs to download this thing because he'd be top three in like two days he spends every waking moment off work in the woods woods. yeah he just actually (laughs) posted uh pictures of bears he called me right before this like hey i got two more bears located you know one's a shooter and i was like sweet you know like we're both just chomping at the bit for august 1st to get here and uh so yeah we'll be we'll be i'll be using i don't know about him he's not much of a of a poster or anything like that but yeah we'll be i'll be using it um here very shortly and and look forward to uh, uh you know maybe people's recommendations on what we should call the league and stuff i'm curious to hear That's going
1: to be fun, man! I can't wait for that. Like that is going to be so exciting, just for me to get to follow that journey. Yeah, because I listen to you guys. I hear you guys talk about it. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm getting my expertise watching you know tuning videos that you post on YouTube about like how to get my bow set up. So Mm -hmm. it's like you guys have already contributed to my hunting success, (laughs) and I'm like, this is going to be so fun now, getting to watch you guys compete and see how your hunts are going. So. As, as a consumer myself, like, man, I can't wait to see the hunts and scouts and things that you guys post this year. It's going to be a ton of fun.
0: Right on. Well, uh, we'll have to definitely check back in and maybe if I can get a podcast with all the participants in our little league. We'll have to have you there. Is like, well, no, we can't do that, but uh, you know, we can do this, you know, so we don't get out of control.
1: <laughs> I love it. If but, we need to change the rules of the league midway through, we'll, we'll keep it a little flexible.
0: Yeah, yeah. If if beer drinking was part of it, I'd I'd probably be pretty pretty high in the league. But uh, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, don't want to. How don't do we add that. points for that? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and we'll be catching up here real soon.
1: Yeah, Garrett. Thank you so much. Anytime. I look forward to.
0: Have a good one. See ya. All right, guys, that's this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Jared, for coming onto the show. And hopefully you guys got something out of it. I think this is going to be a really cool way for – listeners and followers and subscribers to engage with all of these content creators in a way that we never have been able to before and have a lot of fun along the way and hopefully help folks learn something and maybe shed a light on how much we actually do struggle throughout the season before we fill tags a lot of you guys only see the highlights and hopefully you're not comparing our highlights versus your guys's lows and uh last year i had a lot of lows um so you know there's that aspect of it, and I think that's going to be really cool and really help people figure out exactly what we go through to find success. So as always, guys, I appreciate you for listening, and be sure to go join the league. It's going to be the League of uh, Content Creators League, and uh, be sure to search for it on there on Hunt League uh, app, and I will see you guys on there. Add me
2: as a friend. Love to follow you back, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll talk, to, talk soon on there.